0: Welcome to the Sneaky Dragon Listening Party, with my dad and my sister Mary.
1: Hi everyone, we have a fresh mission statement this week. Welcome to uh, Sneaky Dragon Listening Party, my name is David Dedrick.
0: My name is Mary Dedrick. We have a, sorry, have we ever had a mission statement?
1: We do now. We decided on a mission oh. statement just before the show started, which okay. is we're going to start the show, Yes. we're going to do it, and then we're going to finish it I, all in one go.
0: I don't think if that needs to be stated.
1: I think, I think it's good to have like a plan of attack before okay. you attack. Right. And I feel like this show, we're, like at, we're attacking, we have like a... Uh, we have a list. We have an agenda. Yes, we do. Right? sort of. It's it's an, it's like an it's agenda. It's like a track list. Yeah, that's right. But it's like our running order. Okay. Yes. What we need to get through in our meeting today. Sure. Following yeah. you know Robert's rules of order.
0: Yes, and of course we took attendance.
1: We did take attendance before we started. Pre-
0: present: David Dedrick, <laughs> yeah. comma Mary Dedrick. Yeah. And then yeah, chair is David. We Let just say, dwell. David but, begins the meeting. Yeah. I'm taking notes over here. So okay. I'm going to be putting out the formal, the minutes? Um, the formal minutes later on. Okay. To get them approved Thanks. and then send them out. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Actually, I thought of something the other day. Actually, I was thinking about the show and it occurred to me out of the blue that I should put time counts for where the songs start in our notes. It never occurred to me before how handy that would be for listeners because then they could just skip our nonsense oh. and go straight to the songs and just be like, screw mary and dave But
0: don't you also post on there just the songs no i thought you did that
1: no no i don't it's always just a show but if i put like the song like if i put the you know what i mean
0: i thought you also put like an mp3 that had all the songs on the website i did
1: for a while and then no one no one was downloading it so i I just thought why am i going to why am i taking two hours of my life to do something that
0: oh okay no
1: one cares about (laughs) so i stopped
0: that's fair i have
1: to, you know my time is valuable especially what i you know yeah you know how valuable my time is mary it's true and
0: uh each hour is worth approximately four dollars
1: each hour of my life is worth a product well that's not very much i'm very i'm very badly paid
0: yes so that was my point
1: (laughs) So, thanks for rubbing it in yeah no worries and And, uh do get
0: paid better than the minimum wage for serving staff in california
1: well that's good but they get tips yes we don't get tips no although we do get advice from listeners so that's also that's like a tip i guess that's true most of it's go away Yeah, now
0: here's here's a tip buy (laughs) buy low sell high.
1: (laughs) Really? Is that what I always thought it was Buy high sell low. That would explain my financial predicament.
0: That sure would. Yeah.
1: So Mary, this week we're back again with a uh, another another mixtape. Yes, we are. I thought we'd mix it up by having a mixtape this week. That's what this we've is always part done. Part of our new mission statement. It's,
0: no, it's not. It's what we've always done. I don't think you can keep calling it a new thing that we're doing when it's you're literally just defining what we've always done.
1: Well, but I think if you like define it, yeah, it's new, right? Hmm. Like if we didn't have a mission statement before, mm-hmm. now we have a mission statement. Okay. It's new. Okay. It's a new mission statement. Right. So mission statement is first, talking about a mixtape. Mm-hmm. Second, finishing the show. Yes. Third. Well, I don't know after that. I
0: thought your first one was starting the show. Oh so I you forgot. You got it all mixed well, up. I've... You <laughs> no, no, obviously no, no. should have written these down <laughs> if you had this this grand idea of assigning us a mission statement so that we can use that to submit it for our non profit status. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that, oh, is that what, that's what it's for. Yeah, that's usually. a good idea. That's a good idea. So, sorry. Okay, because well, we already started the show, I did forget that because I, I had already flipped over the the piece of paper. Right. I had. Yes. Yeah. I wrote had, down each you step. Wrote, you have on a, separate a piece of
0: paper <laughs> with each each step just like written really big in the middle. <laughs> that's right.
1: So yeah, let me just flip back. Mm-hmm. So now, okay, start the show. Uh-huh. Mission, this is our new mission statement. Start yep. the show. Yep. Discuss some mis- mixtape. Uh-huh. That's step two. Yep. Step three. Mm-hmm. Finish the show.
0: Yes. Step, step four. Question mark. Step five, profit. <laughs> that's, a, that's right. That's the that's a,
1: that's a key step, that's step,
2: a, step four.
0: It's a South Park joke <laughs> from the episode where they discover that gnomes or something have been stealing all, all their socks. And they have, this, they have this, this, this whiteboard, this chalkboard that says Step one, steal socks. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. It's <laughs>
1: so
0: a very early episode. It's a good, good. It's funny.
1: That's good stuff. Ah. All right, everyone. So, we're not yes. as
0: funny as South Park, I guess. What's what, that saying? What
1: we're not as funny as South, South-, South Park. I, I guess that's what I'm saying. Well, so they get five dollars an hour. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. So
1: you know, it's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. We get a dollar less. So, everyone, we're coming back again. This is going to be CD number two mm-hmm. for uh, listener Mike Davidson. Now, there's some controversy, Mary, within my own organizing here, because I have like three different versions of one of this CD. Because when I would do the CDs, of course, I have it in my iTunes where I would put together the tracks into Mm -hmm. a a mixtape. And what I like about iTunes, unlike a lot of other, unlike a lot of other, um, what do you call them? Music. Music programs. Yeah, music listening thingies, music library or whatever, is that they have like these nice controls where you can control like when a song starts, when a song ends. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's really nice. So you can like, you know, so say a song had a bunch of boring stuff at the beginning you yeah. could like start it a little later get yes. past that yep or if it has like a long drawn-out ending mm-hmm. like a long silence between tracks you can like cut that back oh so yeah that you i can,
0: i actually did that on a song on my mix
1: yeah yeah for, and so um, you can have like gapless play one yeah i think Sure. Yeah. Because if it was, if she says what she means. It's the final song on the on the CD, and it ends with some sort of little yeah, it has little, like this long um, thing. musical little mos- musical coda, and at it's the end, just
0: yeah. not necessary. So I yeah. like, cut it out from my mixtape version because sure. you know it does
1: refer to the beginning of it, beginning of the CD. It has a similar sound. Oh sure. So it's refer, you know, it is kind no, of. No, like I mean it makes sense. It's bookending the... within like the the album. Yeah, but it makes as sense a in the context song. of an yeah. album, but yeah. it doesn't
0: make sense in the context of my mixtape. That's right. As which a single again song. was a was a um, a work sure playlist i don't want to get bogged down by
1: yeah yeah, understandable you know, well, i did else. that too with like um the uh judy still song the donor okay ends yeah. with a little little piece after mm-hmm. a bit of silence right and i just chopped that off because yeah. i didn't want to have to wait for that
0: sure i mean stuff like that you know artistically fine within the context of an album sure but not necessarily sure. something that you want when you have it when you're trying to put it into the context of something else like a mixtape. Yeah.
1: Right? Exactly. So. So that's why I use iTunes. So so in iTunes, I have it in one format, one version. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my notes that I took where I, would, I just wrote down on a in a kind of like a very simple, not even a database. I shouldn't even call it database. Just a list of songs, you know, the, uh, the artists and the songs I put in like a, a Word document mm-hmm. just so I could quickly search if I was concerned maybe that a song I was going to use I'd already done. Right. That makes sense. And so that's different, though, than what I have in my iTunes. Mm. Thirdly... When I would make the mixtape, I would also create a cover for each mixtape, a separate cover for each mixtape where I would write the songs into like what looked like a cassette tape cover in an imitation of how I used to write out mixtapes when I would make them. And so I would do that for each separate CD. Mm -hmm. And then I would. And so that one's different. So I have three different versions of this album. Oh
0: wait, where's that one from? Which one? How do you mean? The last thing. It did, so, did you do it on like a computer file? That's right. So oh, that one okay. existed
1: as okay. a as a Photoshop document, and then oh, okay. as an Illustrator. Because so I just put it. I put I combined all the images into one thing in Illustrator, and then I printed right. it from there. And yeah, it's weird. It is weird. Why well, I have three different versions of this? So I kind of went with the one I liked best.
0: Okay which and was
1: the and the one i thought was most likely which was the one that was written up for the actual cover.
0: I think that also makes sense as the most likely. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was the one it's that i used. Since you had your big iTunes crash of whatever. That's
1: right. I did have my iTunes crash of 2017 that destroyed a bunch of mixtapes and mm, and tragic. and uh, I did rebuild them all but yeah. but i had to like redo all the the music and stuff of like that. And re- recently i've been redoing iTunes for on my new computer that i i i built last summer to do coloring for sparks Two, and because i've been mostly spent my time working on podcasts and doing sparks Two coloring Mm -hmm. i never had any time to do the to put together my your itunes my extensive itunes so right now i think i'm at
0: so right now dad is literally surrounded by piles of cds on the desk (laughs) although to be fair that is not new no i think every single time i've ever been in, in here there's been piles of cds everywhere
1: yeah so oh sorry i think i made a noise there but anyway um just look just looking what i have here yep yeah so i'm at i'm at f i met. i met fi think i'm just starting g's now i'm just starting okay. the g's i'm at 800 albums
0: okay so you got the go team in there now not yet no I not just, yet. i'm just starting oh, you just starting the g's yeah oh, okay. i think
1: i'm just in uh gilberto gil
0: oh, okay i was gonna say gilberto Gil. yeah and so, so then... you got gal costa then no cuz C. oh last name right yeah of course okay. right. come yes. on
1: and uh hmm. so yeah so i got like uh Game theory mm-hmm. and whatever else, uh, Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm at 800, 800 albums already. Thirty days of music, <laughs> and I'm only in, I'm only just starting the G's. So, so it's, it's, so a, what, it's like an, to, what I'm trying to say. It's an extensive undertaking.
0: What you're trying to say is you are not that big of a fan of music.
1: I'm not a huge fan of music. No, you're right.
0: You're only. <laughs> You've only got, you're only not even halfway through your collection and you've already got a whole month of music listening straight, (laughs) but yeah, no, that's normal. Pretty crazy. Pretty normal. So I'm
1: pretty excited to see how it's going to be when I finish Mm because I haven't even put like the compilations in there yet. Right. So those are totally removed from like the various artists ones are completely removed from from everything. So you got to put
0: in Ladies of the Canyon and Nuggets and Mm -hmm. all them.
1: Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be a lot. Oh no, I put Nuggets in because I needed to uh, find a song a little while ago. Oh, okay. So I did. I did put nuggets in. I put all of my nuggets in there. But anyway, so it's a lot, people, because some of the some of the nuggets I digitized. Like I digitized my my records. Um, I recorded them laboriously. Recorded them onto mini disc, and then and then recorded the mini disc into Audacity and put those into my, into my. I don't know if that's the best way to do it, but that's how I did it. Anyway, I don't know if this is boring or not, but anyhow, it's exciting to me
0: what talking about someone's music (laughs) collection about them digitizing it is that (laughs) what you're saying that's not the height of
1: thrills (laughs) i don't know it's it's thrilling to me but maybe for our listeners it's not that thrilling (laughs) i i I do remember though reading this is a long time ago it was in q magazine when i used to read q magazine before before mojo started and there was an article by this guy i think he was the editor of q like the, the kind of head editor or whatever and he did this thing
0: Hmm? I have an interjection. Sure. The chickens are drinking water out of a pail out there that has collected rainwater. Oh, it's very cute.
1: Oh, good. I'm glad they're getting some water.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Continue.
1: Hopefully, mosquitoes with it too. Um. So, uh, yeah. And so the article was basically about him getting an iPod for the first time, and him taking the iPod and putting, and putting his music collection onto it. Okay. And the article made it sound very simple. Right. Like you know, first it was the CDs. Mm-hmm. Then he did his albums. Yeah. I didn't even say how he did his albums, like mm. how because you can't just, like, digitize an album easily. No,
0: you can't just, like, pop it in.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know,
0: just, like, slapping into your old record player uh, thing that, like, slides into your laptop. That's right, like literally yeah. Literally the size of your laptop. All, that would
1: be so handy to have. <laughs> record. That would be so handy to have. In fact, I did buy a turntable one time that was a USB one. Is it that? Yeah, that's right. There you go. It just plugs Final right into your
0: writer Pico compact USB recordable. Yeah. Something. The Turntable.
1: The, the the stylus is terrible on it though, so I oh. I, I never didn't get very far with it. But I right. was talking to someone and they said that if you replace a stylus, it actually has it sounds pretty good. Oh okay. So I might try that. I'm just get a cheap Audio Technica stylus and try right. that out and see if that works because that would be handy for digitizing some of my records yes anyway not important so like i was saying this is uh mike davidson's cd to the second cd and um i can't remember what we were why was it going on about uh my itunes
0: because you were saying that you had three different versions of this mix, and oh, then you were saying that's right. and then that it your okay. iTunes collapsed, and then now you were saying that you've got a new computer and you're trying to put all your iTunes on, and then you I'm were sorry. saying that you're at G, but you haven't put in compilations yet, and then you were saying you read this article <laughs> in Q Magazine. You know, sometimes people say that we get off topic on this podcast, yeah, but I don't yeah. think that's true. <laughs> I don't think that's true at
1: all. It's lucky you have the minutes in front of you to read back, too.
0: Yeah, it's true. No, It's a good thing I've been taking notes. Yeah. Although, S- yeah, no, sorry.
1: So, um, so
0: action item get dad to stop talking <laughs>
1: <laughs> impossible <laughs> so uh yeah so this is uh, the second cd from mike davidson and this is the first side of, of that second second uh, mixtape so everyone that's 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 good enough let's let's uh, ha- actually start it How's that sound there should we start listening now
0: is that something we do in this podcast that is
1: something it's right in our mission statement i
0: thought that we just talked about it's not in our mission statement. Oh the my god. The mission statement says start recording. Oh, I've
1: gotta get a new talk. Yeah. Finish. Yeah. That's it. Oh my god. I, I was
0: pretty sure that this was a podcast where we talked about things that we noticed seeing through the window <laughs> in the backyard, <laughs> like chickens and squirrels and the no, bird.
1: I think I think you're wrong. I think what? I gotta redo my mission statement. I right?
0: obviously was reading the wrong mission statement. Okay.
1: Okay. Hmm. Well, let's listen to let's listen to our first song from this album. This is Gaz Coombs from his album uh, matador it came out i can't remember when it came out because i don't have my notes in front of me yet where are your notes i just put them down i'll, I'll pick them up when they're i'm after we, when right we're playing beside you oh they're over here
0: yeah just tell us they're what year here.
1: it's from it's from uh 2015 okay so which so is this good though look fresh I yeah this was fresh at the time for sure this was like brand new You would was...
0: like heard this song the week before on a mojo compilation
1: this is like i said gaz coombs or coombs coombs from his uh album matador the song is called 2020 here we go
3: the light and sitting around in the sun the water's high and the tide
1: So that was uh, Gaz Coombs mm-hmm. with 2020. And Mary, what did you think of that song? You're looking at your notes now?
0: I liked it a lot. Oh, you did? I thought it was really good. Oh, glad the to hear that. The beginning of the song really reminded me of Sofiane. Okay. I was like, is this Sofiane? <laughs> I was like, no, I can't be. I don't recognize this song because <laughs> I know all of his songs. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, no, I liked this one a lot. It was, oh, it was glad good. To,
1: glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's... um. when you listen to it you're thinking oh it's someone's doing electronica Mm. and it's all like fake music you know fake instruments in a studio and he's singing but actually it's all done by musicians there's i was watching uh when i was doing the research i found a youtube video of of him playing the song live Mm -hmm. and it's amazing amazing how well uh the band played it live on stage like it really had the similar sound and you know a lot of it probably is programmed into a synthesizer so you can bring out some of the squeaks and squawks right. and stuff like that but yeah. like in terms of the drumming and things like that it's all done it was all done live in the studio it was, okay. not, it was not done with with uh and i think that's sort of you know when it's most appealing music i think is when it's played by humans but it's also appealing to me when humans imitate machines mm. you know so he's taking like
0: like stereo lab kinda of does that. Kind of stereolab
1: does that right. That's right. And I like that they're
0: wah, wah, wah sounds as I <laughs> wah, noted in wah, my wah, wah. as I noted my, my notes last time. <laughs> Love that. Wah 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> and yeah, so they so you get like that mix of yeah, that mix of like electronica but also the analogue of musicians playing it, you know, so even though it's done really well by you know, players who are very professional, obviously, it's also it's also very appealing sounding. Gaz Coombs do you know Gaz Coombs? Maybe I don't know if you know Gaz Coombs, but he was—he has been a professional mu- musician since he was 16. Oh, wow. Uh, he started off as a lead singer of a band called The Jennifers. Okay. Uh, in fact, he was underage, so his mother had to sign his contract that he signed with when Jen- The Jennifers signed with Nude Records. Oh, okay. And I, that,
0: thought it, I thought you were going to say it was one of those things where they would he would go to shows but then he wouldn't be allowed to to be in the venue except for going on the stage well that's probably yeah that's probably the was one band that i had talked about who had experienced that yeah but they would go to play these venues at like bars and stuff and they weren't allowed to like go in and watch anyone else they'd have to just come in the back go on stage play and then leave immediately yeah
1: (laughs) yeah fair enough so the jennifers were together for a while and then i guess they got in a fight with the record company and then they left that label and then they ended up disbanding hmm. and so then coombs went to back to his normal life mm-hmm. he just start, he got a job at a restaurant called harvester in england which i i don't really know very well but i have a feeling it's kind of like the british equivalent of applebee's oh, okay and um as well he was working there he met this guy named mickey quinn and they both kind of hit it off, like, in terms of musical tastes. And Mickey Quinn was a bass player. And so they got together. And the drummer from the Jennifers joined him. This guy named Danny Goffey, who had played uh, drums in the Jennifers. He, they joined Mickey Quinn and Gaz Coombs. And they started a band called Supergrass. And Supergrass were never, like, like sort of... They were, like, part of the Britpop scene, I guess you could say. Like okay. The Jennifers is more like a shoegaze band. That's the kind of sound they had. It's very, like, shoegaze derivative. Right. But... Supergrass kind of was kind of part of the Britpop scene, but not, I think, a big part of it. I think they were kind of like a sort of second tier, you know, and they kind of didn't really belong, but they were kind of they kind of got pulled along in its wake, you know. Like so, you had like the main Britpop bands of like Oasis and Blur, maybe Pulp, and that kind of stuff. I don't know if Suede or Elastica would count as that. I feel like those kind of bands weren't really like part of that sound or scene, but they kind of just got sort of lumped in with it and it, they got kind of a benefit benefited and the, say supergrass is the same thing and uh supergrass like they had like a their first album i should coco which had the song
0: i should coco yeah i should coco okay. uh
1: which I, I don't know what that means I, I assume it's some british expression uh but it has a song feel all right which i'm sure you've heard mary i'm sure you've heard that song if i play that song for you'd be like oh that song okay and and they were like popular enough that steven spielberg Offered them a TV show. It was oh, going to wow. be like a monkey style TV right. show with a band in it. Huh. But they actually said no. Thanks to that. Why? Um, because they felt like first thing he uh, Gaz Coombs has said that he th- thinks that if they'd said yes to it, he would be he would, would have been face down in a pool if we'd said a yes to all that. Okay. So it was just like too much too soon. Right. And and to him it felt like cheating. Oh okay. Like it's like a, too easy. It's like a shortcut. To to that you know like if you have to do all that to be known, then what is your music worth? Right. You know because that has nothing to do with what you're doing as a as a musician. Yeah. That's it's fair. all about all this other stuff. So because he was also offered the opportunity to be like a model for, uh you know various fashion magazines and stuff okay. like that because he's he's very striking looking, and so, you know they wanted you know they wanted to take advantage of this famous face and, and ads yeah. and stuff and he also said no to those as well, and just for that reason he said like it would have just got in the way of the music and it would have just taking them so long to get to grips with like the sort of instant fame that they just would have lost years and probably never recovered from it as well because you know once you're super uh, like a celebrity what you what you are then is frozen in stone mm-hmm. you never can get past that no you it's know?
0: true it's true
1: you know no matter yeah. how you try like so, like a even if you take like the original monkeys you know even though they you know even though they were seen as like a manufactured band even though they like kind of move past that and you know even like produce their own albums Mm -hmm. and wrote their own songs in some cases and you know had more say over their like latter half of their career Mm. they could never escape the opinion of them as being like the prefab four you know yeah and that's just how it is and if you can't if you can't deal with it you can't deal with it Mm -hmm. so in 2009 after 17 years together supergrass broke up citing musical differences okay whatever that means probably different drugs everyone's taking different drugs right so they couldn't like see eye to eye anymore yeah and uh and this always makes me this always fascinates me so there's an album called release the drones mm-hmm. that's unfinished and unreleased okay but it's there right if they ever want to get back to it but yes. i just find that it, it just, it's just curious to me like you could yeah. be partway through an album and you can just be like screw it it's not working yeah i just let's call it call it quits and maybe that's mm-hmm. the thing like maybe you know Coombs was like looking more towards more up-to-date sounds mm-hmm. which this song kind of exemplifies yeah, you oh, know definitely. he's like kind of taking in the sort of dubstep sounds and stuff like that
0: i don't know if there's really dubstep sounds in the song
1: but you know what i mean right yeah. like that kind of electronic like kind of more dance right. hall kind of like dance floor stuff maybe does that sound better dance floor not really you don't think it has that kind of sound to it not really huh. but all that deep bass and stuff
0: i mean i guess so i don't know
1: okay what do i know i don't listen to that music to be honest with you <laughs> uh so yeah so that album was never uh never issued so so yeah. I, so I,
0: One thing that I think's interesting about that too, yeah, is that they weren't just like, oh, like forget it, let's just finish this and get it over with and yeah. we'll never have to see each other again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead they have this sort of like open door where it's <laughs> like we could come back and finish this if sure, we wanted sure. to. Um yeah, it's like I don't know like what is more final to be like like a, to abandon um an album halfway through and be like, Oh, we can't even deal with each other anymore. Like that's how bad this is. Yeah. Or to be like to just like half-ass it so that you don't have to even think about these people again, and you're just like, get this out of the way. Yeah, i sorry. Or even half-butt it because oh. this is a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> I guess so. So then um, we do have swears in the songs, though. That's a problem, yeah. and I
1: can't take the swears out because I that's that's messing with the music, man. Yeah, I do not mess you're with not the gonna,
0: music. You're not gonna. We're not gonna put out the radio edits of these songs. I don't believe
1: in editing songs. Yeah, it's like
0: oh, hmm? I have a quick interjection about Sh- um, about sure. That one of my friends who I was hanging out with last night is an elementary school teacher. Okay. Um, so she teaches... I think grade five grade fours or fives right now Kay. and she was she was saying that the other day they were like for fun doing karaoke okay and she played like a, the family friendly version of a lizzo song okay and all the kids knew all the swears and so they were singing with all the swears even though the song was, like the karaoke version didn't have any of them yeah and she was like oh no <laughs> so she like turned it off and was like let's change the song but
1: wow.
0: <laughs> i was like well like it's not really your fault if they already knew yeah, it yeah come on
1: parents yeah it's like all the kids at elementary uh, school when you were a kid who watched south park mm, yeah. like don't parents watch what their kids are watching yeah no okay
0: but then you've got the other side of that yeah where duncan was telling me about um in his elementary school he remembered that they were gonna watch shrek yeah and kids parents said no they're not allowed to watch shrek because it's too adult okay they were like a super like religious family mm, mm. and so they weren't allowed to watch shrek <laughs> that's
1: right don't you know there's a donkey in that movie they used the word donkey over and over yeah again. swear words um so this was this is um gazcombe's second second solo album okay and, which he self-produced and it features his brother charlie on mm. keyboards charlie Coombs. charlie coombs yeah mm-hmm. and then uh a drummer from Ride, the band Ride. Another shoegaze band. So maybe they're friends from the days of the janitor, janitors. The janitors. The j- jennifers.
0: Janitors. The janitors. Yeah, that band, band. the janitors. They're cleaning up. Yeah.
1: They, they clean up all the awards ceremony. Literally. They're just yeah. sweeping up sweeping <laughs> up all that stuff that's on the floor. They're <laughs> just
0: trying to help out, you just know? They're just trying to help out. They're, <laughs> they're, they're, nice <laughs> they're just living up to their name.
1: They're uh, just living up to their name. This drummer named Laws. Laws, L-O-Z. Colbert. Oh, Mary, you're a name person. Mm. What do you think Gaz stands for?
0: Uh, I can't. I can't. I looked it up. I looked up gaz Coombe so I know what his name is short for. Okay, what is it? It's Gareth. That's right. Which is a very British thing. Yes. To add a Z or mm-hmm. just a Z. Yeah. Because uh, n- people named Harry are often called Haza. Yeah. As well, it's like. Yeah. And yeah, Lisa laws as well. Laws, Maybe that's like yeah. Louis or something. Sure, it could be. Um. Or. or Lowell. The more the yeah. more realistic lozenge.
1: I was thinking Lowell, but okay.
0: Oh, I was making a law. Lo- oh. No one would name their kid <laughs> lozenge. <laughs> it was a joke dad you took it so seriously that someone I would did. name their child lozenge. I, did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: lozenge I was like why would you think that's a name but i don't want to call you in on it you're the name person it's your expertise mary it's
0: dad lozenge is in the top 100 for boys right now
1: <laughs> is that right <laughs> lozenge junior yeah my dad's name is lozenge my name is lozenge yeah. and my son's name is going to be lozenge <laughs> Lozenge, Farco, Harson, Colbert the mm-hmm. third. All right. And then uh, guitarist Nick Fowler, okay. whoever he is. But here's the interesting fact about the Coombs family, Mary. Okay. Yes. All the brothers in the family are musicians.
0: Hmm.
1: As I said, There's char- two there: Charlie, Charlie and, and Gareth. And Gaz, Chaz and Gaz. Chaz and Gaz. Yep. And then uh, their brother, Roz, R- Rob. <laughs> okay. Who was an auxiliary member of Supergla- Supergrass. Okay. Played guitar and keyboards. And then their other brother, Ez. Ez. Ed. Ed, yeah. Yep. He's also a keyboard player, and uh, and quick, wow. uh, and if you look at Gaz, Koons, Wait, what are
0: their parents? What do their parents do?
1: Parent, uh, dad was a guy.
0: K. Yes. And then the mum was an English
1: teacher. Neither of them were re- musical, though. Okay. So, but they all the kids took piano training. Uh, okay. Because even uh, Gaz mm-hmm. took piano training up to certain point, and then he switched to guitar. Right. He said, "This is not a rocking instrument. Mm. You can't rock on the on the piano, mum." You can try yeah but it's hard
0: look at rufus wainwright
1: he doesn't really rock though
0: he's i don't know
1: he's not really rocking mary it's, well yeah, he's been, balloting depends he's on balloting, of rocking. he's balloting at the piano <laughs> which is a lot easier to ballad at the piano <laughs> than it is to rock at the piano because look at someone like jerry lee lewis right like he had to stand up and like kick the piano yeah. bench away and yeah and then okay, but, well then, then you always then you have to stand the whole time yeah it's okay, uncomfortable well, after a well
0: while then i'm gonna edit it look at um chico Marx. he sat though no but he was rocking on there
1: i don't think he, he didn't rock okay He's playing rock and roll
0: okay well then look at um elton john not what i was gonna say okay uh look at jane fairfax from the new movie <laughs> emma she went on there and she really rocked that piano after <laughs> emma played a very dull song
1: <laughs> not that she played a dull song She just not a great player
0: eh, yeah it was a pretty dull song too though i think
1: well com- yes compared to uh, yeah. jane's uh
0: rocking her uh, song
1: little piece piece little uh piece de resistance yes. this uh major piano work that's super mm-hmm. fast and sh- and showy yeah the fireworks were going off and they sure were after uh, the damp squib of emma's <laughs> emma's performance yeah
0: dad did you talk about how we saw the the movie probably? i did i talked about sneaky dragon oh, okay okay it wasn't true. Sure but here's
1: something i didn't talk about hmm? and i didn't know it is that movie has a period after emma like it says emma period oh and someone asked the director why she put it a period there yeah. and she said because it's a period movie
0: <laughs> really <That's>, yeah
1: <laughs> Love That's it. good, yeah.
0: I love that. That's funny. I'm actually using one of the bookmarks that I got from that. Oh good, good. Um, and I didn't notice. I'll have to look Have you started reading the book though? That's my question. No, I haven't. I've got like three other books on the five I've got five other books on the go right now. Oh my so gosh, I, man. I know. Just trying to I'm trying to like narrow it down a bit. I'm trying to like <laughs> yeah. get through those ones. <laughs> kind of.
1: All right. So let's move on to song number two.
0: I'm reading Dune.
1: Dune. Oh, you want to tell us what you're reading? I'm okay. reading
0: Medicine River by Thomas King. Okay. I'm reading Canadian author. Uh yes. I'm reading Inconvenient Indian also by Thomas King. Wow. I'm reading
1: that's some king-sized reading, everyone.
0: <laughs> I'm—I can't remember what it's called. I'm reading—it's um, like a, a prequel to *The Name of the Wind*. It's like a novella. Okay. Um, about a, about a character, and I can't remember the name. Can of I the guess thing.
1: *The Name of the Wind*? Is the name—is the name of the wind?
0: Spoilers. <laughs> um, and then I'm also reading *The Lost Girls* of *From Camp Nevermore*. Okay. Which is a book by a Canadian author.
1: Sounds like a young adult. No.
0: I think it is. Yeah, I just started it today.
1: What? (laughs) Can't say that and say I haven't started reading Emma yet. Well, I'm going to throw something at you. I just
0: bought it yesterday. I had made a promise to myself that I wasn't going to buy any more books Okay. until I got through my pile of books. Then I went to a bookstore yesterday and bought two books.
1: Is that what do they call that? The Japanese have a name like Sunduko or something? Yeah. Having a bunch of books you haven't read yet? I know. That's my life. I'm going
0: (laughs) to die being crushed by that giant pile of books on my bedside table. It's like tall. It's. Taller than my lamp at this point. I don't even
1: have a pile on my bedside table anymore. Well, I do have a small pile. Yeah, it, but it's just like a wall-sized pile of three <laughs> different stacks of books beside my. Yeah, ugh.
0: soon you're just gonna totally block off that bathroom there. It's
1: so I'm so guilty. Sonduco. All right, everyone. Okay. Song number two. Oh right. Song numero Dos. duo. This is uh Sebado mm-hmm. from their ep Hmm. secret okay came out in 2012 this song is called keep the boy alive okay let's give it a listen So that's
0: two recent songs in a row yeah
1: yeah keeping it fresh yep not frozen let's let's listen
0: (sighs) okay let's hear the song thing i looked up that harvester restaurant yeah and i'm pretty sure that you're right about them being like applebee's of england okay because their website says oh shoot where to go they're like their little blurb on their website when you like look at the web page says the uk's favorite great value family restaurant ugh which like a Great Value family restaurant. That is not...
1: Those aren't words you want to hear. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> That's not You're words. not like,
0: oh, Great Value. That's what I want my dinner. And it also has one of those like very expansive menus. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like essentially... Like the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, or like in Shit's Creek when they like go to the, the diner in town and the, the menus are like they're like a foot high and they have like 18 pages and they're like what
1: (laughs) we have all this stuff none of it's made very well but (laughs) we have a lot of it how's your (laughs) suvlaki
0: we never made it before i guess we'll try (laughs) the very back of the freezer we'll just pull it out and deep fry it i think i guess from deep fry suvlaki well that's what we're gonna do okay sorry you can come back
1: I'm already back, Mary. You were oh. talking. You've been oh. talking live all this time. Oh
0: no! So, uh, what do okay. you think
1: of Sebado? Uh, I thought it was okay. Keep the boy alive. I didn't love it. Mm, do, 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 I thought it was.
0: <clears throat> I thought it was a little repetitive. Okay. I, nothing in it really stood out to me. All right. Was, I thought it was a little bland.
1: Huh? Well. Sorry. I mean, it's fine. Oh, I, I know. I think it's, it's a. I think it's a good song. No, though, I. But I, know, do I you know. put it
0: in the second position on I, your mixtape. I, so. I, know,
1: I know. I know. I did, and I guess you know, like some of these songs. Of course, I was excited by.
0: Well,
4: yeah, they're in my.
1: They're in my like recently heard. Yeah, bunch of stuff where I'm like, gotta put this on um, next time I make a mixtape. I gotta put this on. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and yeah, and so I was kind of excited by this. The reason I was excited about this EP as well was it was the first release by Sebado in 12 years. Oh, wow. Or 13 years, actually. Because I think their last album, The Sebado, came out in 1999. And then they took a long hiatus and finally came back and released this little EP. And it was only released digitally. I I, I got it off of uh, Bandcamp, which is my, I, I love Bandcamp for that reason. You can find lots of obscure- Digital releases. Digital releases that um. you can't find other places, but just because the bands can't afford to do the CDs. Or if the CD is too expensive to get, like, sometimes you'd be like, the CD would be like $10, you'd be like, well, that's pretty reasonable, and then, then it goes seventeen fifty for postage. What? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of... What are you sending it in, a gold brick? Yeah. So, uh, now, let's talk a little bit about Mary because they have a kind of an interesting history. Okay. Now, Lou Barlow, we've talked about him before, because we were talking about Eric Matthews a couple of shows ago, and... Eric Matthews had played in a band with Lou Barlow and the drummer Bob Fay called Belt Buckle. And Lou Barlow, I guess, is one of those guys who is just so gosh darn prolific that he can't just have one project on the go. He has to have several things happening where he can he can uh, have a place to throw his songs. Because at that time that he was in Belt Buckle, he was also in Dinosaur Jr.
0: Mm-hmm. He was also... Didn't we talk about Belt Buckle yeah, last time? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay, sorry.
1: He was also in... He was also in Cebedo. Uh-huh. And he pro- might even have started the folk implosion by that point. Hmm. So, like I say, he started off as the bassist in Dinosaur Jr. with guitarist Jay Mascus and the drummer Murph. Now, the thing about Dinosaur Jr. was Jay Mascus was a lunatic. He is just like an insane control freak. And but on starting the second album, he composed the drum parts for Murph. So this guy, the, this very resentful drummer, had to play... All these drum beat patterns that had been concocted by the guitarist songwriter of the band and then by the third album bug the second album had a great name by the by the way it's called you're living all over me which i okay. love that i love that title
0: yeah it's pretty cool
1: and then the third album bug he had started composing the bass parts for barlow and the drum parts for murph so like no one had any like space to be creative and on the fir- uh, second album barlow had had two songs on there but on the third album he wasn't allowed to have any songs in there it was all jay Masca's songs and so, Murph, with a I think a very keen understanding of locker room politics, and the main like kind of like rule of you know the main rule of lock of locker room politics is mayor.
0: Um, just to show no fear.
1: No, well that's that's a pretty good one, but not the main one. Okay. The Main one is if you're not at the top of the food chain, make sure you're not at the bottom of the food chain.
0: That yes, that is good.
1: That is locker room politics yeah. 101. Because if you are not not at the top, mm-hmm. at least you're not at the bottom getting picked on yes. by the guys at the top. Yeah. So you just kind of fall somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. then you're safe. Yes. So I Murph- think
0: that that's like just a general high school rule as well. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess so.
1: Now Murph, the drummer, obviously understood this because he teamed up with Jay Maskus against Lou Barlow and oh, they okay. would just like tease and, and just mercilessly tease mm. Lou Barlow who was a very sensitive guy and did not enjoy this. Oh, okay. And so finally... Uh, um, he left Dinosaur Jr. He was, he was basically kicked out of Dinosaur Jr. by Matt J. Mascis and Murph. So, like I was saying, despite the fact that he was in Dinosaur Jr., he also had started this band Sebado in 1988, and they were joined by a guy, a multi-instrumentalist named named Jason Lowenstein, and his he played bass. Even though Barlow was the bassist in Dinosaur Jr., he actually wasn't like a bassist by like he wasn't didn't always play bass. He was actually a guitarist who got moved to bass by by his bossy friend and so so he started this band with eric gaffney and then here's our connection to cardinal okay bob faye joined okay. Yep. uh he replaced eric gaffney in 1994 hmm. so after seven albums the band went on, like i was saying the band went on hiatus in 1999 a- as, a- and part of the reason for that was that barlow began to concentrate more on his band the folk implosion which is a joke name on uh, john spencer's blues explosion so instead of being the blues explosion they're the folk implosion Oh okay and so he'd also formed that in the early 90s and then uh and then also in the two, the 2000s he began to take kind of small hesitant baby steps into a full-on dinosaur junior reunion
0: oh okay so
1: he and jay Maskis kind of played together a few gigs mm-hmm. and then slowly they kind of got murph back involved and then right. they started doing full-on reunion shows and they even put some albums out in the in the uh in the teens the 2000s the 2000 teens and yeah, I guess he, he said like the early Sebado songs that he'd written were basically just like songs that were designed to get all his hatred out at Jay Mascus in musical form. So there's all this like, the songs is just about how much he hated Jay Mascus. That's why those songs were all kind of like, right. not like literally about that, but they're yeah. all kind of like reflecting the fact his like frustration yeah. and like feelings of, you know, inferiority of being kicked out of a band mm-hmm. and like being fired from a job and also yeah. how he was treated by his former friend who... His friend from high school, you know. Yeah. And I guess he he must have worked it out somehow. And I think I think he said later on that he said I don't even know if like Jay was aware of how he was treating us. Oh yeah. He was just so focused on the music Mm -hmm. and on his vision that he was totally unaware of what he was doing. Mm -hmm. You know how he was manipulating and kind of bullying people to get what he wanted.
0: I mean, I feel like people often have an idea that bullies are bullies because they're like mean people who like to see other people suffer. But I think a lot of the time bullies are bullies because they're mean people who don't pay attention to how their words and actions affect other people. Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, it can be a certain amount of meanness or it is a certain amount of of of, of like bad social yeah uh, awareness. Yeah, you know? like totally. You just might, they may be a little bit on the spectrum or whatever and they're mm-hmm. just not aware of how their bluntness affects people. Yeah, you know?
0: totally. Yeah, well, yeah, one thing that I've I've tried to think about when I meet someone new and I feel like they're kind of a jerk <laughs> so I'm like, are they mean or are they just shy? Yeah. yeah. Right? Because a lot of the time shy people come off as like very cold. Yeah, that's me for sure. they don't know how to like interact yeah. with people.
1: I think I can uh, affect people that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Because I'm, and I can be awkward too. Or I can say mm-hmm. awkward things. Yes. Because I'm just trying to be funny. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not aware that I'm not familiar enough with this person for them to know that I'm joking. Yes. So they they won't get the fact that my dry sense of humor and sense of like surrealism, yep. you know, it's just like, you know yeah totally comes out of left field and punches him in the nose <laughs> oops didn't mean to punch you in the nose Yep. yeah so so like i was saying um this uh so Sebado, even though they played like a few reunion shows through the 2000s as well through the naughties as i like to call them uh, they didn't record again until 2012 when they released this ep secrets which they said at the time like they recorded it in in the band's rehearsal space and it was produced by produced and mixed by josh lewinstein so it's done very on the very much on the cheap and i think that's partly why i like it as well it kind of harkens back to the band's roots in sort of the lo-fi scene of the of the early 90s which we've kind of talked about before this whole idea of slacker culture and stuff like that which is so hilarious to talk about someone like lou barlow in terms of like slacker culture because here's a guy who's like in three different bands (laughs) you know writing all these songs and you know doing all this stuff and and yeah and also I'm a big slacker uh-huh but anyway um they used the money from the ep to fund their next album oh, okay so they, so they could, did put out another album they did a, they put out a couple albums since then yeah oh, and they okay. put an album in 2013 called um defend yourself and it uh yeah oh yeah, i forgot to tell you there's only one song on bug that lou barlow sings it is the final song on the album okay this is dinosaur jr there's only one song that sings and it's like and all he says in the song is he screams, why doesn't anybody like me? Oh, sad. That's what Jay Maskus <laughs> Ma- made him sing. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think it's time to leave a band if that's what you're having to do. Yes. But anyway, he didn't. He got fired. Okay. Third song's a charm, Mary, they say. Oh,
0: maybe I like li- the first one.
1: Maybe you'll finally like this song. I
0: liked the first one a
1: lot. I don't remember that at all because the second one gave less such a bad taste in my mouth so they didn't like it. No, i'm just joking
0: you're bad for being so attached to these songs <laughs> but all
1: right all right don't you know i wrote them all <laughs> all right so this is uh this is our third song everyone this is eddie floyd yes from uh it's actually it was a single that came out it was never released on an album but it was on, a, on album collections but this was a originally a single right seven inch single uh, from 1968 called big bird let's give it a listen what do you think of that song i love this song you love this song yeah it's really good oh, i'm glad that you like it it's
0: very fun i mean i like soul music a lot yeah or i guess it's i'm maybe so glad
1: a... you like soul music yeah i just feel like it's not music that everyone listens to you know yeah like like i've said before it is it is sort of like work if you're not used to it to listen to soul music and and uh, i'm just so happy that you were exposed to it when you're growing up so that you have yeah me too you have a like, liking for it mm-hmm. and i do like this song a lot for sure
0: it's yeah it's a great song i think it's
1: his best song eddie floyd's best song it's not his biggest selling song and that would be knock on wood oh, okay which he wrote for otis redding but jerry wexler from atlantic heard it and convinced jim stewart the president of Stax records to release knock on wood as an eddie floyd song and it was a big big success and kind of started his solo career but he would he started early on he was from detroit and he was in a band called the falcons that had a couple of famous members. One was Mac Rice, who later on later on became was performed under the name Sir Mac Rice. So he was knighted in England. Obviously went to England at some point, was knighted there. Mm-hmm. Came back to the United States and started performing under his uh his name as Oh yeah, uh, good for him. Record, his, remember the aristocracy. Mm-hmm. And he uh and then it was also briefly home to Wilson Pickett, the great singer, great blues or great r&b singer, who um was briefly in the band and then quit to start a solo career. Because he's Wilson Pickett, there's no way you could like contain Wilson Pickett in a in a group. And after that, the group disbanded. And then Floyd was signed to Stax as a songwriter. Oh, okay. So he provided a, a big hit song to Carla Thomas called "Comfort Me." And then he started writing with Steve Cropper, who was a member of Booker T and the MGs, which was Stax's house band. And you know, you know what a house band is, right, Mayor?
0: Uh, yes, it's a band that they have that does like backing and stuff. That's
1: right. That's right. And so. Um, Steve Cropper, who was sort of a producer, songwriter, guitarist at Stax, he uh, they wrote songs for Wilson Pickett, because Wilson Pickett had been sent by Atlantic Records to Memphis to record in, in the Stax studios because they couldn't get anything good out of him in New York City. They just felt like it wasn't the proper environment for him to sing in. Hmm. And so Jerry Wexler decided I to... I wonder why. I, yeah, I don't know. It's a different kind of playing as well, right? You know, You'd find more sophisticated... Uh, more kind of supper club soul you would find in for the most part in new york right right you know unless you really could bring like your own kind of gut bucket to it and maybe wilson pickett wasn't just a strong enough uh, personality as a singer to kind of overcome that or even maybe the material wasn't that great that they were getting from the writers there it was more brill building stuff that wasn't this wasn't in his in his uh wheelhouse you know okay do you know what a wheelhouse is mary
0: um yeah it's a house that has a wheel in it that is true and then you can, like, push the house around and ride around in it.
1: <laughs> so true. It's called that, an RV. It's called... Did you know that? Oh, I thought it was Mortal Engines. Oh, and that's a city that you can... Yes. On wheels that you can ride around in. Did you watch that movie? Yeah.
0: How was it? Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that's generally the... I think that was generally the consensus.
1: Now, Floyd wrote this song, Mayor. Mm-hmm. He was in London, waiting in an airport for a...
0: Wait, London, England, or London, Ontario?
4: <laughs>
1: London, England. <laughs> waiting for a... Uh, A plane back to the United States for Otis Redding's funeral. Oh, okay. And he was actually waiting because the plane was undergoing maintenance. They had to delay the flight. And so he started writing this song. And when he got back to to Memphis, he took the song to Steve Cropper and they kind of finished it off together. And then it was produced by Booker T. Jones. You know, Booker T. of the MGs. Yes. And uh, so it was recorded with Booker T. Jones on organ and guitar. Okay. The immortal L. Jackson Jr. on drums. And Donald Duck Dunn on bass. Okay. And here's the here's the real kicker, Mare. This song, not a hit.
0: This song? Big yeah. word?
1: Not a hit. What? I why? Know. Isn't that crazy? Why? It didn't get any higher than number one hundred and thirty two on the Billboard's bubbling under chart.
0: Why not? why? Was it like not well promoted or something? Or just
1: No, I mean this was this is when Stax was being being uh distributed by Atlantic, so it oh, had okay. had great reach for their albums.
0: Right. Oh man. I
1: don't know why it wasn't a hit. Wow. Um
0: just ahead of his time, I guess.
1: Maybe ahead of its time. Maybe the idea of the plane song coming so soon after Otis Redding's death in a plane mm. crash. Yeah. Kind of put people, maybe put black audiences off. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it's, uh, it's weird, isn't it? Because it's a great song. It
0: is. It's such a good song. And
1: it's kind of one of those songs that where it was released, died at the time. Mm-hmm. And then through like, say Northern Soul, the Northern Soul scene in England. Yeah. It was revived okay. and kind of brought back into, into the consciousness of, of. Of record collectors, and it became right. became popular in that in that way. Yeah, you know, hmm. thank goodness for record collectors sometimes because they're the ones who really preserve the the history. Right. You know, there's all the. There, it's easy to remember the middle, but it's the corners that you have to take care of.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. Totally.
1: And sometimes like those can get forgotten. Like peanut duck, exactly. Yeah. Oh, you make me feel guilty because I have to have to write to Ed. I'm gonna do that soon. get oh. the shit in.
0: Well, we we talked about it on the last.
1: We did talk about episode,
0: it. so hopefully he heard that and understand Ed that Dad really loved those pictures and he's just bad at at responding to people.
1: <laughs> it's just yeah, it's just a time thing. <laughs> it really is. I'll start writing an email and then I'll be like, I gotta go. Yeah. And then it sits there as a draft. Yes. For a couple of weeks and then I'll come back to so will be like, oh shoot, gotta yeah. get that done. Uh, I need to write stuff down more. I used to be able to remember all these things and now I've my mind's gone. My mind is blowing.
0: Um, Dad. Yes. You have never been able to remember things. You one time forgot to pick me up at school and left me there for four hours. That's not true. It is true. School that's ended a... at 2.30. You didn't pick me up until 6.30.
1: That's possibly true.
0: It happened.
1: <laughs> if you've ever, ever wanted to see a daughter as mad as possible at her father. <laughs>
0: I wasn't really that mad.
1: <laughs> you were pretty mad. That... Okay. You
0: that's, were pretty that's mad. Fair. Because the other thing was dad got off work at four. Yeah. So, like, I already had to wait for an hour and a half. Yeah. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then, or, like, not an hour, like, almost two hours. Because, yeah. you know, you had to get off work and then drive yeah. in to pick me up. Yeah. And the school would, like, lock the doors at, like, four o'clock. Okay. And this was pre-cell phone. Right? Or okay. I didn't have a cell phone. I think yeah. I had, at this point, I had one friend who had a flip phone. Okay. And she would use it to call her grandma and say like oh pick me up that was like all that it was like, like only for emergencies yeah yeah and but she'd already gone home yeah because she got picked up at like you know three o'clock when sure. everyone else did yeah and so, yeah the school was locked i couldn't go in and use yeah. one of the pay phones no one else was around i don't think you had a cell phone at the time though no nope. yeah
1: no the problem was is that it's just habit so yeah i left work yeah and i would never pick you up i would always drop you off in the morning but yes. i never picked you up Sometimes, you know,
0: except for in like special circumstances, like mom was busy, Like because I went to a high school in a different catchment. So it was like a, what, like a 20 minute drive from from home. So I couldn't walk home and the buses were not reliable to get me home. Plus, I'd never taken the buses before. And it's you know you can't just go and like get on a bus and be like take me to Aldergrove. <laughs> Not how it works. Um, you know you'd have to like research how like which buses to take and which. Yeah. Would probably be like a hundred connections to get back to Aldergrove too. <laughs>
1: so, yeah. So I left work at four. Yeah. Went to the gym. Okay. Yes. Went home. Yeah. Actually, I think I went to the fruit fruit and vegetable market. <laughs>
0: yes, of course. Then I went
1: home. <laughs> well, I came walking up the stairs. Yeah see Eve sit on the couch watching tv
0: yeah
1: i'm like where's mare as soon as i said that my mind went click (laughs) and i was just like (laughs) running down the (laughs) stairs jumping in the car driving as quickly and as quasi legally as possible (laughs) to get back to brookswood (laughs) to pick you up yeah oh my gosh i felt bad
0: oh man so funny
1: and no, it's funny. it's
0: great because it's something that I can always bring up.
1: <laughs> and she cold over my head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> it's nice that way, for sure. For sure.
0: <sighs> I was like... I wasn't like a little kid. I was like 14 or 15. I think I
4: was a kid yeah, 9. Yeah, yeah. So yeah
1: i know i know it's still bad though i i, I do feel bad about that i don't i know actually I, I never i never think about it so i don't constantly feel bad about <laughs> no. it but it never comes up i think i feel bad no, about no i it. know you do i know you do it wasn't wasn't it wasn't like a star moment as, as a father let's <laughs> put it that way it was a failure fatherly so, failures so funny. so funny okay funny well, now at the time you were yeah. like Grr, <laughs> i bought you an ice cream cone to say sorry and you yeah. melted it in your hand you're still, those, those you're those so
0: fuming, so
1: burning hot <laughs> that you went to put it to your mouth and lick at it and it just like melted, like <laughs> zoop, it was all gone and just turned to liquid <laughs> in your hands.
0: Yeah. It sounds realistic. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Song number four?
0: Yes. What is, what's what song number four?
1: This, this song is finally, Mary, finally Mary's going to like a song that I play I everyone. I
0: liked the last, I like two
1: uh,
0: of the three songs you've played so far. Such
1: a, uh, we've hated 30% of the songs we've played so far, Mary. Think can, about it. 30% of the songs. I didn't say, just say I
0: hated it. I said, okay. I said it was okay. <laughs> it's
4: so, not hatred.
1: <laughs> so this is the new Pornographers. Okay, yes. From their third album. Okay. Twin Cinema.
0: Yes, their best.
1: From 2005. You think it's the best album?
0: No, I don't.
1: Oh, I was going to agree with you.
0: Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Which one's Twin Cinema?
1: It's the one with the two... It's got a, a green and oh, yellow yes. cover. Oh, yes,
0: no, no. So, yes, that, that one is their best.
1: No. Yeah. I would agree with you. Uh for 2005 This is uh a Dan Behar song, Sneakin' in the Destroyer in a Sneaky Way, Mary.
0: Oh yeah. This if is, you listen to the song and you will say, Yes, this is a Dan Behar song.
1: Yeah. This is Streets of Fire, everyone. And and before you play the song though, I just want to say one thing.
0: Hmm.
1: Listen to the drums in the song. The song has one of my all time favorite drum parts. I just love how the drums come into this song. So so just keep in mind that at some point in the song I don't I didn't I don't have a time for it, sorry. The drums are gonna come in. And it's just fantastic. It's so simple and yet so effective. Here we go, everyone.
5: Come on, come out of the rain. You're not impressed, you're just too learning. I took the book, I lit the page. Your sabbatical was burning. Sweet, 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 fires in the street. Let's sully every stage. Lick my lips and twist my hips, but Contessa, I already did. Some things work, but me, I choose to lose my skin in the dirt. This whiskey priest, he burned the church to keep his girls alive. Sweet, 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 sweet fires in the street. Let's sully every stage we meet. Lick my lips, twist my hips, for Contessa, I already did. sweet sweet fun.
1: And we're back. Mary? Yes? I assume that you thought the song was okay.
0: N- uh, no, I like the song a lot. Oh, okay. I do like... I mean, I'm not like the biggest New Pornographers fan. Okay. Um, but this song's good. Yeah. Because it uh, it actually feels to me more like a Destroyer song than a New Pornographers mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. When it started, I was like, oh, this is Destroyer. Yeah. And then the other voices come in, the other vocals come in, and you're like, oh, no, it's not a Destroyer song. But it, it definitely just with dan behar's leading vocals yeah and um i feel like it's sort of a like a smaller sound than most new pornographer songs yes it doesn't have
1: that massed vocal sound that they yeah they kind of perfected on the song mass romantic
0: yes from the first album yeah where it's just
1: like all it's just like a wall of sound basically. Yeah. it's just a wall of sound production. yes
0: exactly which you know is great yeah like, it, it's good it's, it's a, a good song sound. yeah yeah um but yeah this definitely feels more like you know, so much more space in it. Yeah, yeah, like Dan Behar sitting with his guitar playing you a song. Well, it's funny you say than, that. Um, You know, the whole, yeah. uh, you know, big instrumental um, New Pornographers song. Mm-hmm, sure. But anyway, sorry. Yes, you were going to say. No, no.
1: I, I didn't want to interrupt you. I just wanted, oh, no. to, I just wanted to talk over you. I'm sorry. Is, I got so excited, as you know. Yes, I know. Um, Yeah, like, it's just funny you say that because actually this song is a, is a cover version of a Destroyer song. Oh, okay. So this is a song from Destroyer's first album. Oh, okay. Which is, of course, we'll build them a golden bridge.
0: Yes, I have not listened to Destroyer's first album. You have?
1: I have not. Oh, we have not. No, because it's a not a. It's not the most pleasant listen in the world. Let's That's be honest. That's
0: what I've. He- i I've, I've not heard good things about it. Yeah,
1: it's okay. Yeah. And in fact, I'd like. I'm going to play when we finish talking. I'm going to play the original version of Streets of Fire from that album. I'm going to play the Destroyer version of it. Just cool. so, just so listeners can hear, because I think what's one of the briefs, one of the like early briefs of the group, the Pornographers ideas behind it was that was that the leader of the group carl newman loved dan Behar's songs yeah but he felt like dan behar was not putting them in the best light right That his his kind of lo-fi approach yeah, was like not he really helping him a, yeah yeah and so what he wanted to do is take these songs that he loved and recast them in his own arrangements right they would kind of play you know, kind of add to the songs in a way.
0: Right. Yeah. Make them sort of like showier. Yeah. In a way. Right. And sort yeah. of like gl- gloss them up, but in a good way. Yeah. Right? And, and, make you, it... and
1: you also want to demonstrate to, to Dan Behar. Yeah. This is what you could have. Like, this is yeah. what your sound could be if you like just got, got some guys around yeah. you to play.
0: Yeah. Just like put a little bit of effort in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so, and so, yeah. So what, what I like about it though, is it's like, it's from his first album. Mm-hmm. We'll build them, we'll build them a, a, a golden bridge. Yeah. And, it's notable because he already has kind of his signature style in the song, to me, like the way the lyrics are. Right. He's already, like, if you think of the Destroyer Drinking Game, yes, which we've talked about many yes, times. Yes, we have. He's already using the word "contessa." Okay. Which is, take Very a drink. Des- yeah. Take a drink. Very destroyer. Uh, there's a literary reference to Graham Greene's. Okay, there's either it's either a li- literary reference. Okay. To Graham Greene's "The Power and the Glory," the whiskey priest Or okay, yep. in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, or alternately, mm-hmm. it's a it's a song. Reference. reference to prefab Sprout's song don't sing from swoon which okay. also uses graham green's p- the power and the glory right and talks about the whiskey priest in that song so i'm yes. not too sure where
0: but either way it is a reference it is a reference so, so take, take a drink.
1: drink yeah 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 and then it's also has a it also has the film reference to walter hill's so-called rock and roll fable streets of fire the movie okay. streets of fire yeah once again take a drink yes so, does yeah you talk
0: about vancouver though
1: i don't think he talks about vancouver in this mm, song okay hadn't quite hadn't, it's not fully formed yet it's still it's still you know uh you know what do they call that when it's not quite fully formed yet fetal destroyer i don't I think, that's, think they, that's that's what they describe exactly what it i think is, that's what they but... say so let's listen to some fetal destroyer here this is okay, I this is like that. from this is streets of fire from will Gil- build them a golden bridge that came out i think in 1999 but don't quote me on that it might be 1998 i can't i forgot to write it down and i'm too dumb to remember these things So here is Destroyer.
5: Okay, let's hear it. Come on, come out of the ring. You're not impressed, you're just so learning. I took the book, I lit the page. Your sabbatical is burning.
1: you can see you can hear kind of how very very straight ahead it was just obviously dan behar with a guitar playing the song and singing it and it's 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 a nice song like it's a very nice tune and everything but i think just the arrangement that they that uh carl newman brought to it really you know really jazzed it up jazzes it up in an appealing way i think
0: but not with jazz
1: not with jazz no because we know that dan (laughs) behar had personally launched a war on jazz Oh yes. On his second album. Or his right. third album.
0: okay. Which one was that?
1: City of Daughters. Oh okay. There's a song in there, War on Jazz.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. There it, there it is. <laughs> um but, I mean even looking at the lyrics for this song, yeah. they're very basic. Oh yeah. They're like they're not like when I think of Dan Behar or destroyer lyrics, they're usually very extensive and have a lot going on. Yeah. Um and yeah, these not that, not so much. It's like you know two verses yeah and a chorus and then just sweet 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 fire in the street yeah for a long time right and like that's that's great though yeah oh no it it is great but it it is i think pretty indicative of yeah just early stages of
1: could be that or just you know that didn't stop him later songs from from you being very spare and you and, okay. and, and re- repeating a chorus and stuff like that right
0: well i'm not saying like repeating a chorus yeah. is bad i'm just saying that or like you it's just feel unusual like it, but i just it's feel not like d- as
1: dense as later. yeah again.
0: exactly where like there's like a lot going on mm. there's like um so yeah just like packed full of like references and so much going on in the lyrics it takes like a million years to try to parse <laughs> everything he's saying <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah oh that's true that's true it's it's it has some well like i say mayor hmm. fetal destroyer
0: again don't that would be a good band name though fetal destroyer sure would. it would not go over very well in chilowacko it's not <laughs> a lot of uh, let not play there a lot of billboards for the pro-life clinic out there yeah yeah lots lots drive past like eight every day oh yeah really yeah wow they don't call it the pro-life clinic anymore they What's change it called, the then? name family um, planning no it's like the um pregnancy support center or something or Huh. no it's it's um it, oh, it's called options okay which i think is pretty misleading because their signs say you've got options yeah and i'm like well <laughs> you're not gonna <laughs> you're not, you don't though if you go there, <laughs> you can't have one option but i mean you know it's <laughs> kind of a bab- misleading have the, baby, have the, the baby you know they're like you've got options and they're like well really you've got one option okay so
1: but it's more like what i mean you can keep the baby you can have send the, have the baby adopted sure um, i
0: just feel like calling it options is misleading because they're not going to be presenting them with all their options no you know because there are no. more options than there are there than those ones but you're right but anyway <laughs> yeah. all it's right whack bible belt
1: it is very bible belty. you're correct um okay let's move on to our is this our fifth song mayor yes number five yep number five with a bullet this is a band that mary loves she loves this band with all her heart so finally everyone we're finally going to hear a song on this mix that mary likes this is love their final single together the original love this is uh a song that i love ironically i love this song by love called your mind and we
0: wait so you love this song ironically
1: no i i ironically love the song by love the so- band's called love and i love their song it's ironic right so, not so you
0: love the song ironically no no no. it's ironic you love the song because you're like haha it's so bad love no song. that's what you're talking about <laughs> with, with the irony <laughs> That's not what
1: I'm saying. are you sure i'm not being sarcastic
0: oh, okay, okay well that's just like the way that you're phrasing it that's sort of what it sounds like you're oh really
1: saying. Oh, okay well, let me then. not let me not put it this way okay coincidentally
0: okay i love
1: the song by love oh okay you're mine and we belong together
0: right so what's the coincidence
1: that the band's called love and i love their song
0: oh right okay
1: <laughs>
0: sorry okay what um what's so what's this who's this song by
1: <laughs> song by love
0: well, that's a coincidence because you love them
1: <laughs> that's true <laughs> Thank, thanks for playing the game no,
0: you're
4: welcome i'll do my best <laughs>
1: this is everyone this is your mind and we belong together from 1968
6: To understand just why I feel like I have been through hell, but you tell me I haven't even started yet. To live here, you got to give more than you get. That I know. But I said it's alright. I'd like to understand today. Then maybe I would know who I was when I was, when it was just today. The seasons and the reasons are on display, and I know so many people, they just seem to clutter up my mind and if it's mine throw it away throw it again once for my girlfriend so many voices don't let them stop between my ears But it appears that there they are well they're wrong Ten thousand strong Oh, yeah I'm locking my heart in the closet
1: mary
0: so you know what let me tell
1: you a little let me tell you a little secret i just want to say one thing oh sure sorry
0: ironically (laughs) i don't love this song ironically
1: so you you chose to not like this song as a statement of irony yeah but you actually did like it no but you decided not to like it Uh, because that's that's ironic hold
0: on coincidentally yes
1: okay (laughs) no accidentally you didn't like this song i
0: accidentally didn't like this song I intended to but oh oops I don't like it.
1: <laughs> oh dear. You know what it's not until I started playing love with you on the show that I discovered that people the idea that people didn't like love.
0: Like, I've been telling you I don't like love for like 7 it's, it's never occurred to years. me. It's never
1: occurred to me before that someone like a band that great, someone wouldn't like them. It's so odd, but right. I know that you don't like them. Yeah. That's why I was I was being ironic by yeah. saying that you like them. No,
0: I I know. I feel like we're misusing the word irony a lot here, <laughs> but <laughs> I guess that's kind of the bit.
1: Maybe I should say facetiously right. saying that you didn't, that you love them yes. when you don't love them. Yes. And so, yeah, I imagine that you didn't like the song all that much, but I, I think the song is great. Is not just great, Mary.
0: Is lovely.
1: Is... It's just a beautiful song to me. Okay. I just love this song so much. I'm not too sure why I love this song so much. I can understand why someone would like this song. It is, it does have some elements to it that I could objectively see as annoying. The guitar figure mm-hmm. that just played da 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 through yeah. it, I can see as like annoying. Yes. But I also know that like that was a sound that Arthur Lee wanted. Right. You know what's kind of fun about this song is that there exists like there's uh I have the I have a few different versions of this album. Obviously, I bought it on record a long time ago and then I rebought it on CD. But when I bought it, rebought it on CD, I had to buy it in a two disc collection called The Love Story in order to have the entire, but had the complete album bizarrely split over two sides of a CD or two different CDs. And then, and then I bought it again when they put it out as just forever changes because it had extra tracks on it and it had nine minute tracking section session. And what a tracking session is, Mm Mare, is the name of when the band is recording the backing tracks for a song. So, Okay. So, yeah. So, like, when a band plays in a studio, the singer doesn't sing with the group. The singer puts yeah. his vocals on after yes. the, the track. Most cases,
0: yeah, just because it's too there's too much noise. It's
1: too much noise and it obscures it, the singer's voice sure.
0: and the lyrics, and it does yeah. not good enough right. quality for the yeah, and it
1: allow and allows for separation of the vocals from the from the music as well. Right. So you can mix the vocals separately. You can improve them. You can make them louder. You can they're not buried by the music. Yep. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So this album was produced, or this song was produced by Arthur Lee, the lead singer songwriter for Love. And he he had a you know he had a vision of this song and so it's interesting to listen to the tracking sessions for this and another one curious thing about it is it's a very complicated song as you probably notice it yeah. has about three different sections to the yeah. song yeah. different musical elements to them well really four different sections but the fourth section is an is an instrumental passage and but he insisted that the band play it as one whole song not break it into into sections and record those separately and then splice them together and then to issue it that way mm. he wanted the organic whole of the song okay. which makes sense if you have a song like this you want it to feel like it's one complete song not bits of pieces put together as an yeah. afterthought
0: yeah no you don't want it to feel like a um like a oh i had an analogy like a book of short stories you know yeah yeah like you want it to feel like cohesive
1: exactly exactly yeah. like when the beatles did happiness is a warm gun on mm-hmm. the white album when the beatles up the, the white Album's a made-up name for it. the beatles um they played it it's, once again, a song in sections. has different sections to the song. Right. But Lennon wanted it to all flow together. And so they rehearsed and performed the song on record as one long, like one track with several sections to it. Mm-hmm. And it took them a long time to do that because it's very complicated. There's lots of weird time changes and stuff in the song. Right. And this song's kind of the same. I don't think there's as many weird time changes in, in this version. But it does have, like, different sections to it. And so Arthur, they wanted it to flow as a, as a a as a song. And I do think... And I do think that it's um it's really a reflection of the band at that time. Like, Forever Changes, which I know you disagree with me, but, you know, outside of your... You no, know, obviously there's people who don't like the album, but for the most part, Forever Changes is, is seen as one of the great albums of the 60s. You know, and it's one of those albums that when you talk about the corner, like when I was talking about before about, you know, you have to look in the corners. Mm-hmm. It was an album that, that was kind of forgotten about in a way, but... Like after the 60s. But, yeah, but Electra never let it go out of print. Oh, okay. It was always available. It was mm-hmm. always there because they, they were so behind it themselves. That's great. As an album. Yeah. That they never, it never left the catalog. And so it was always available. So over time, it sold. And over time, by word of mouth, it, it got out. You know, like for me, it was Uncle David, David M., who recommended it to me. Oh, okay. When I was working at a record store, I used record store. He was in there one day and, and he pointed out and he says, you have to buy that record. And I went, oh, okay. So when I had some money, I bought that record, mm-hmm. and he was right. I love that record. Yeah. And so, but you know, then I'm a '60s person yes. by my taste. So of course.
0: Yeah, you're 60 years old. <laughs> always have been.
1: <laughs> my whole life. It's true. I have <laughs> always been more mature than my age.
0: You're. It's like you're Benjamin buttoning, but you you're not. Your age isn't changing. You were born a 60 year old, and you're just not. You're not aging backwards. <laughs> not, not, aging not aging at forwards all. forwards either. Not,
1: yeah, I'm not Benjamin buttoning. I'm just Benjamin Benjamin unbuttoning.
0: Oh, that's nothing. <laughs> now, you're just, now you're just talking about nonsense, Dad. Jeez.
1: So I, I interpret the song in this way. Okay. Okay, there's three different sections of the song. Right. With the fourth section that's instrumental. Okay. There's three lyrical sections of the song. The okay. first section, to me, references Love and Arthur Lee's fading place in the LA music scene. Okay. Because Love, at the beginning of their career, were the biggest band in LA. Right. They were the band everyone aspired to be. Okay. To be like Love, they were really cool. They mm-hmm. were they were int- they were an integrated band. They were white and, and black musicians playing together.
0: Very rare.
1: Very super rare at that time. Yeah. Almost unheard of. Yeah. They, you know, they they kind of ran the scene. They were the coolest of the cool. Mm-hmm. They had the best drugs. They had mm-hmm. great cars. Yeah. They had a record contract, mm-hmm. and, unlike a lot of other bands. Yeah. You know, so they were they were really cool, but because they were so cool and so druggy. They just did not leave the place they lived in, which was called The Castle, Okay. which was a former home of Bella Lugosi hmm, that cool. they bought and they lived in as a kind of communal band house. Right. And it was a very much a kind of a cocoon for them. Okay. And they did not want to leave it. Hmm. And it really affected their career. Mm-hmm. They could have played Monterey, didn't. Yeah. Could have played Woodstock, didn't. Mm-hmm. They had lots of opportunities to get their name out there and they yeah. did not take them. You know, for the band that was like the biggest band in LA. Mm-hmm. To not play Monterey was was career suicide. Yeah, but that's, that's what happened to the Beach Boys too. Hmm. When the Beach Boys opted out of out of Monterey, that was the end of the Beach Boys. Although, yeah, as yes. a as a commercial force.
0: No, no, that's fair. But I mean. People do still know of the Beach Boys, well, because they were
1: super successful before. Yeah, but where I think that
0: most people don't still know about Love. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: No, that's true. But the Beach Boys, I mean, Beach Boys had a renaissance of their early early material in yeah. the mid seventies, which Love never did, because Love was not a early sixties band, so they couldn't really like take advantage of that right. r- nostalgia. Yeah. So, so, um, so I feel like this part, like, so there's a line in this part that says, "I'd like to understand today." Then maybe I would know who I was when I was when it was yesterday. So what he's saying is, I'd like to be able to understand where I am now in relation to where, who I thought I was back then. Right. If you understand what he's saying, so he's like trying to seek understanding of of their place and what's happening. The second section refers to the band's famous house, which I was talking about the castle, mm-hmm. and the fact that it, because of and uh, because of Lee's desire to hide away from life's demands on his time and art. So we see, um, there's so many people, they seem to clutter up my mind, is, another, is a line in this part of the song, which I think is very key to understanding it. Um, yeah, because the castle, I would describe as sort of a cocoon and a prison. It was both things. Right. It became such a safe place that it became impossible to leave. Yeah. And adding heroin and stuff to it doesn't really help no, either, because sure then you doesn't. end up with like a really toxic situation. Mm-hmm. The third section of the song is a message to his bandmates. Okay. Soon to be erstwhile bandmates because this was the last thing they ever did as a group together and basically he's casting them out he says he is locking his heart in the closet and i think that refers to the fact that he is turning him you know he's just he's like shut himself away from the band now and he's no longer open to them as as part of and then i feel like the last part of the song the crazy guitar solo Mm -hmm. is like the apocalypse of the of the end of the band right so it references like this is the the final thing that we're doing final thing of the band this this kind of just cacophony this chaotic ending Mm -hmm. is like us destroyed right and that's the end of the song Hmm. and what's really sweet about this song though is that if you listen to the tracking sessions johnny Eccles, he was the lead guitar player in the group the second uh uh black guy in the in the in the group he um he does this guitar solo he does he does like like a a take of that guitar solo because like i say they did like 38 takes of the song in studio many of them false starts but some of them complete takes and so he had to do this guitar solo over and over again and he does this version and arthur lee gets on the gets on the mic and he's so upset mm-hmm. but it's california upset he's like man you said let you go and you could you'd blow my mind and that's all you do you're playing the same two notes through this whole you know yeah he's so upset and then he's like and then uh and then when if you listen to like the final version of it uh he says uh he says Eccles, i gotta hand it to you man that was some solo (laughs) and i just i just love that little bit of yeah i love that little bit of uh band exchange you know Mm -hmm. because you know as a writer and stuff like that he obviously had a vision for what he wanted the song to be like i think sometimes when you listen to songs like this that have like a kind of surreal element to them you can just dismiss them as being meaningless but i think to the writer they have incredible meaning and i think and as a final act of a band Mm -hmm. you know and maybe i'm putting too much meaning to it but i really do think that he intended like the sort of song to have like a kind of like a fan de siacla end of a end of a time end of a period yeah kind of a feel to it Mm -hmm. and yeah i just i just love this song so there
0: i can appreciate that you love this song (laughs) thanks
1: (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) so now i have to admit i feel like this song is a very heavy kind of a song Mm. like i feel it's very emotionally heavy Mm -hmm. and so I wanted to go to, I wanted to go to like, just, I just wanted to sugar it up. Yeah. I just wanted to go right to sweet.
0: Yes. Pure so you su- picked the sweetest band that you know of. A
1: sweetest, well, they're kind of sweet and sour. They're sweet and sour because they have mm-hmm. a jazz element to them. So they like, yeah. a. they like the notes to be a little bit, you know, where they could go, ah, they'll go, ah, mm-hmm. you know.
0: You picked the sweetest band you could think of, the 1910 Fruit Gum Company. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> so, um. No, this is the free design. Mm, yes. With Dedrick's. The Dedrick family from New York, mm-hmm. upstate New York.
0: Yes. No relation.
1: No relation to us, unfortunately. But Dedrick's, you know, we're pretty, pretty small group of people. It's true. You never know.
0: You never know. So what is, uh, what's this song called? This song
1: is called The Leaf Has Veins. Okay. Which is very important to me as well. And then uh, it's um from their album, second album, You Could Be Born Again. Mm-hmm. From 1968. Yes. Let's give this a listen, everyone.
0: All right. Let's hear it.
1: So Mary, what did you think of this little bit of fluff from the free design?
0: Well, I wanted to ask you: Is yeah. this the second song that we've heard from this album? From yes, Could it Be is. Born again, because we listened to "You Could Be Born Again," that's the right. title track. The
1: title track. Actually, this song comes right after it on the. Oh, okay. On the okay. album, but um, uh, that's no. This is not a. I mean, when I like, I've often said when I was doing these, I was just randomly shuffling through iTunes. Right. And if a song came up and I was like, "Ooh, yeah, ooh, I think that song would work here," mm-hmm. there would go. Cool. And. At this point, I probably still, I think I was listening to these uh, listening to these uh, CDs to make sure that they flow together for right. me. But uh, yeah. So so what do you think of this song? It was,
0: it's not my favorite free design song. That's fine. It's, um, it's not my I, favorite
1: free design song. <laughs> I just put well, it on no, there. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I feel
0: like they have much better songs. Okay. You know, Kites Are Fun. Yeah. Better. Bubbles. Better. We've had Bubbles, but yeah. Yeah. Do you have Kites Are Fun on?
1: No, I didn't use Kites, Kites Are Fun.
0: Oh, we use this one yeah hmm.
1: okay sometimes it could be time sorry sometimes it could be time like yeah, a time limit to the fair. music as well that's fair i needed a song that was this long yep and this part po- in this part or and i felt <laughs> i felt like this length of a song would fit right here perfectly hmm. and this song was just fluffy enough to uh to work and uh i really like it i really like the i like the self-referential element to it that it re- you know refers to it's much better like this for ellen bruce sandy and chris which are the band <laughs> members yes you know, like the fact that they're going for a walk. Hmm. I love the song. It's called Leaf Has Veins because it's just drawing, you know, sort of an, it's almost like an ecology message very early on. You know, the idea that trees are alive. I yeah. think people can forget that, that, you know, we can just chop down stuff and it has no impact because they're just like, they're just dead things. They have no, they're not alive, mm-hmm. but they are alive. They're like yes. this important part of the ecosphere, etc. So I really like that element of it as well because that's, you know, something that I, it's important to me. And, uh, yeah, so, but I also just, I just wanted a bit of fluff here. Yeah. And and I wanted to slow it down a little bit. And then that's why I used it. So there you go. That's why I used it. And if you have a, an aversion to jazz choir, mm. say you sang in jazz choir in high school like I did. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult because you didn't actually know how to read, like written, uh, you didn't know how to r- read music. For singing you knew how to read like music for playing your trumpet but not how to <laughs> read music for singing yes it was quite difficult jazz choir let me just tell you uh and no amount of being surrounded by girls um made it easier yeah it probably made it harder to be honest but let's listen to another song mary
0: okay yeah because we've talked about uh the free design quite a bit yeah we i don't, don't think we've go got ahead. really anything to say about them
1: nope nope this is uh this is nick drake oh i from, like nick drake from his third album yes pink moon
0: nice love that album
1: and this song is called place to be okay and uh from 1971 so let's let's hear nick drake now
2: Never saw the truth hanging
1: All right, Mary, I don't want to put you on the spot, hmm. but you said you love Nick Drake. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say you love Nick Drake, mm-hmm. is that spiritual love hmm. or do you love his how he looks or do you love his music?
0: Don't know what you mean by spiritual love okay um i definitely love his music okay i don't know what he looks like so <laughs> probably, probably that last one probably
1: probably the, the music one. yes spiritual love is that you love his, his the essence his the, the his the ethos that he that he uh, that his music expresses oh okay so you love nick drake the message of his music right i don't know if his music had much of a message though
0: yeah That. Yeah. I mean, I love the sounds of his music and I love okay. the way that his music made me feel. Okay. But yeah, I don't know about the message of it. Okay. Um, so but you I love do, his
1: music. So what did you say about this song, Mary?
0: I will read you my notes. Please do. They say, love, love, love.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the song by Roxy.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh,
1: well, that's fantastic. I'm glad that you love this song. It's a good song. I'm glad that everyone, finally, we have a song that Mary liked on this mix. That,
0: I liked the first one a lot and I liked the third one and I liked the fourth one. There was like three Finally. that I didn't like very much.
1: You didn't like uh, "Alif Has Veins? huh? It's not, not even—it's not even an offensive song. I don't even know why you'd hate it.
0: I—I I don't know what. <laughs> so. I don't know if i don't know if we have any offensive songs. <laughs> I mean, in fact, I like—I disliked the second song because I found it uh, to be inoffensive. It was bland. Oh, oh
1: okay. Huh. I thought. Interesting. I said that. You did. Yeah. You did say that so i'll never forget it
0: well okay well, so we've talked about nick drake before
1: we have but we haven't really talked about pink moon before no
0: because i think we had uh, songs from brighter later yeah we right? had hazy
1: jane too we both right. we have both chosen that song because it's such oh, a great yes. song yeah and i just love the fact that uh the wheat when the weasels uh are whatever they're doing in the night they're biting or whatever they're doing i just love that part of the song this is okay. so weird yeah in this song no no in and uh, brighter. Oh, and and hazy, hazy jane, jane too yeah. Yeah.
0: yes yeah
1: In the weasels are not looking anyway so um <laughs> So this is from Nick Drake's third and final album. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Pink Moon from 1971. Yeah.
1: Drake basically quit the music business after this album, mm. feeling like he'll, he'd never succeed. Oh, He'd never write music again. Sad. His depression had reached such a point that he just felt he just had no no ambition left. Um, and at this time in his career, his three albums sold less than 4,000 copies altogether. Did you hear me, where?
0: That's not a lot of copies at all. No. And that was over how many years?
1: Three years. So now, what's interesting about this album is Island, his label, mm-hmm. neither wanted nor expected this album.
0: <laughs> That's not a nobody want to hear from your record company. I know,
1: Drake. <laughs> I guess this on his own. Yeah. Because what happened was like he had a ma- he had sort of a semi manager producer in Joe Boyd, who was a manager producer for like Fairport Convention and mm-hmm. and. Uh, the uh, Incredible String Band and groups like that. Okay. They were assigned to his Witch Season production company, mm-hmm. and he would kind of manage them and produce the records and everything. And he sold that company after, after he had done Brighter Later with with uh, Nick Drake. He sold Witch Season to Island Records, and he'd left England and moved to California to work mm-hmm. for Warner Brothers Records. So what had previously been this sort of fatherly figure who protected Nick Drake, he was gone. Right. And so Nick Drake, just on his own went to this guy named uh john wood mm-hmm. who owned a recording studio with another guy in london called sound techniques studios and he just said he just went uh i want to record a new album and john wood of course was used to working kind of independently from island with yes. joe boyd right okay. and maybe just assumed that nick had permission to do this album yeah and so he just recorded and it was a very easy album to do because it was just nick drake on guitar right bar one overdub on pink moon okay just, there's a piano overdub on that one song right which is also nick so it was recorded over two nights mm-hmm. so it was just super easy he set up the mics so that he's already done a hundred times not probably not a hundred times but many times for nick drake yeah to set it up the way he liked the mic mm-hmm. record record him yeah and that was it yeah he gave the master tapes to nick drake mm-hmm. nick drake took those master tapes delivered them in person to the president of island records chris blackwell okay and chris blackwell went what are these (laughs) and then uh and then they suddenly had this album yeah and there was an ad at the time that read pink moon nick drake's latest album the first we heard of it was when he when it was finished (laughs) that was that that was the ad
0: what a weird
1: ad i know it's kind of an unfortunate ad too though yeah because it really is sort of sabotaging your artist yeah, in a way 100 and i feel like that's a that's a bad on the island P- pr department in their defense they'd already had to work with nick drake to attempt to do pr for him right so here's a person who was pra- practically practically catatonic mm. due to depression wouldn't play live didn't like doing interviews yeah wouldn't go on the radio yeah you know how are you gonna promote this album mm-hmm. you know like it just it doesn't happen magically mm-hmm. I mean we we're talking about love a little earlier if you don't go in and promote your album yeah like so here's okay let's just take two la bands that had similar similar stories love and the doors the doors l- were huge fans of love mm-hmm. they looked up to love love got the doors their their contract with Electra records they yeah. recommended the doors to Elektra. Mm-hmm. They both recorded albums at the same time. Love recorded "Forever Changes." The Doors, using the exact same producers and arrangers, recorded "The Doors," their first album. Right. The Doors went everywhere yeah. to promote that album. Yeah. Everywhere they played the El Sullivan Show. Mm-hmm. They were on all kinds of other radio or TV radio TV shows, mm-hmm. r- radio appearances. They yeah. toured extensively around North America. Yeah. The The Love finished their album. They went back to the the castle. Yeah. And the album flopped. Of yeah. course it flopped. Because well, yeah. no if you're not going to promote it. it, yeah, if no one's going to promote it, yeah. right?
0: Like you're going to, if you are, um, you're sitting at home, yeah. you see this band come on TV or hear a band come, come on the radio, you like their songs, yeah. you're more likely to go out and buy their, their record, yeah. right? If you are in a record store and you're looking through the records and you see the Doors and you're like, oh, I heard them on Ed Sullivan or, oh, I heard them on the radio, I liked this. yeah. Whereas if you go through and you see Love's new album and you're like, I haven't heard them i'm not gonna waste my money yeah right yeah it's expensive to buy a to buy a record
1: sure exactly yeah yeah Yeah. and if you don't hear it and it's only being played in la Mm -hmm. that's the only place it's going to be played yeah forever changes because that was you know Mm -hmm. so i understand why the pr department did that it's a little bit of a dig at at nick drake and you never can you can never sell an artist through comedy like that i don't think yeah. like through that kind of comedy it just mm-hmm. doesn't work because it's undermining the artist yeah the same thing happened with Van Dyke Parks when he did the album song cycle for reprise they it sold like it was released it sold like 2,000 copies oh, okay and then they put in an ad that said this album has only sold 2,000 copies we can't understand why such a great album has only sold 2,000 copies yeah if you buy this album and don't like it send it back to us and we will we will refund it. Mm. But to Nick J- or not to sorry to Van Dyke Parks, that was so humiliating that you would yeah. tell people how little your album had sold. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was just like he had actually like took him like another four years before he did another album. Yeah, because it's so embarrassing. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, it's like <laughs> your teacher goes and is like, "You, Mary, you only got a C on this paper. Yeah, you should have gotten a higher grade. Why did you <laughs> only get a C on this paper? You'd be like, I'm not handing in another
1: paper. Like, this is so humiliating. Exactly, 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 Mary. You said it.
0: Even if they're like, I know you can do better than this. Make some edits on it and bring it back to me. you will get a higher grade. You're still like, how come you told everyone that my grade was so bad? Yeah. You know? Nah, that's never
1: happened. You never got a low grade?
0: <laughs> no, I've never had a teacher announce to the class. Oh, yeah, I no,
1: That would be devastating. Grade. I've never had that happen either.
0: In my grade 12 law class, yeah. my teacher would do the opposite, oh. where he would hand out hand our tests back in order of who got the highest grade. Okay. Which, to a point. Yeah. I think he did that for like the first 10. Yeah. And then after that, they were all mixed up. Okay, okay. Which was very nice if you got the first paper. Yeah. I was usually in the top three. Oh, that's good. For getting my, my test back. Whew. I did very very good in that class. There you go. And I had a friend in that class who uh, always got her paper later. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) I think she was, because then when we did a mock trial later in the year, we, the people with the highest grades in the class got first choice of what they wanted to do in the mock trial. And I think that she ended up being like a witness or something like that. What did you choose? Uh, Paralegal. Okay. The teacher tried to encourage me to take one of the lawyer positions, yeah. but I was too nervous to speak in front of the class, so I took uh, the paralegal. But I wish I'd taken the lawyer position. Yeah, yeah. Because throughout the whole trial, I was like, say this, say this. <laughs> but yeah, it was a good class. It was very, uh, it was fun. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That sounds good. All right, Mary, let's, uh, let's pep it up again. Okay. Not for this slow stuff.
0: Yeah.
4: This folky
1: music. Boring. <laughs> Come on. Jazz choir and some folky guy with long fingernails plucking at a guitar? Yeah. How about some rock and roll?
0: Ooh, rock and roll. How about some
1: post-punk rock and roll?
0: Okay, post-punk rock and roll. How
1: about some retro post... No, not retro. How about some... I don't know what I call it. Okay. What do you call it when it's like warm, warmed over post-punk rock and roll? <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're appealing. really... Yeah, you're not...
0: <laughs> I'm not selling How about it? this microwave reheated <laughs> post-punk rock and roll?
1: Woo! Here we go. The feature heads. <laughs> Meantime from 2004. Here we go, everyone.
0: Did you mention that this is from their self-titled album, The Future Heads from 2004? This
1: is from their self-titled album, The Future Heads from 2004. Yes. This is from The Future Heads. That's mm-hmm. what I said, from The Future Heads. Did you? 2004. They said it was by The Future Heads. Oh, darn it. I meant to say from The Future Heads, and then it would count for both. Right. Both from The Future Heads, the band. Did. And from The Future Heads, the roll album. Roll back the
0: tape. <laughs>
1: <laughs> roll it back.
0: Let's see. Let's hear
1: By The Future Heads. Ah, I
0: messed it up. <laughs>
1: Damn it. So, yeah. So, we've already talked about this group. We yes. did The Hounds of Love. Yep. It's a great song. It this, is? Is, this is also a fun song it's from this a album. Song. I love this it. is a great album, this really. This album has one stinker of a song on it. Which song? I think it's called "Drop of Water." Drop of Water. Something like that? Um, it's kind of a little artsy moment in the in the album that kind of kind of wrecks the flow. I feel like doesn't need it. I know what they're trying to do, and I know they're like every song in here is kind of herky jerky, post punk kind of stuff. We need a song where we kind of it's kind of weird and we slow it down, but it's the wrong place for that song. I feel like in the mix, I don't like
0: it. it- is not called A Drop of Water. That's not a song. Is it Danger of the Water? Danger of the Water, yeah. I like Danger of the Water. Huh.
4: Well,
1: I like... I don't.
0: I think every song on this That's album. Good.
1: That's good. I don't like that song. Because it's not really a song. Um, yeah,
0: Meantime is very, very good.
1: Yeah, it is very good. I and, song. you know, I thought it would be fun, though, Mare. Mm? Yes? Because I thought to myself, people probably haven't heard Early Future Heads. Do you know where the this future...
0: This is their first album, Dad. Is, you, is this not Early Future Heads?
1: Do you know where the Future Heads got their uh, name from?
0: Um no
1: a flaming lips album
0: oh okay. it's called
1: hit to death in the future head okay and so they took their name the future heads from that album title mm. but um i thought you'd enjoy that bit of trivia since you're a fan but here's of the
0: flaming lips or the future heads future heads oh okay yes i am a fan of
1: the fe- but here's the thing mary yes this is early this is very early on but there's an earlier version of the band with different players really and you know what mary uh-huh. you know what we haven't really heard much lately a certain little band that i like a lot but anyway let's listen to this song this is in park sorry park in sorry in park not a driving song this is park in i double n from their their seven inch ep called null book standard that came out in 2002 mm-hmm. so two years before their their album the okay. future heads yes and let's give a listen to this song everyone it's very short It's just a minute and a bit and uh we'll come back here we go <laughs>
6: And he fell in love when she said to Susie Kyle. He fell in love
3: with her when she said to Susie Kyle. It was no disgrace when she said to Susie Kyle. Where's the biggest in
7: the
6: desert, She was allowed inside the in, dressed in for the I mean, if they Nazi But I don't listen to this what what it But they don't have the answers Just the other
3: They don't have the answers They don't have the answers
1: right so that was kind of fun that was a little it was a little more punky than post-punky i think as a song yeah i think so it's a little more rough and ready mm-hmm. short yes. fun and uh so it's, wait, i have a question it's a short sharp shock to the future head what's that
0: um is for that song yeah was peter bruis from field music playing
1: playing drums that's right playing drums that's that right one? that's yeah. right <laughs> that's why i said it's been a while i don't know if we'd heard from this band <laughs> enough lately and you know what else mary
0: yes what The
1: song was produced by peter's brother david bruis
0: oh also of field also music. field
1: music oh. exactly yes in fact soon after this this uh, ep was recorded uh peter bruis left the group mm-hmm. left the drum, drum stool of the future heads yep and he uh he joined his brother in the future in the in field music so there you go so cool very cool i both sneakily snuck in field music into this episode oh
0: Dad, and i also
1: played a little bit your
0: field music
1: <laughs> i also played a little bit of an obscurity by the future heads i just thought if you're a fan of the future heads you might enjoy hearing that if you've never yeah. heard it before
0: and if you're not a fan of the future heads
1: what's wrong with you well at least that one album yeah the other album after this one i don't think it was that great
0: i i have not heard it really no hmm. they have they i mean they've done quite a few albums mm-hmm. i, I, I kind of put kinda, up one last year
1: i kind of fell off the wagon yeah. after that first one i thought it was, it was so good okay here's another song Okay. We can talk more about the future heads, but I think we've already discussed them. I mean, we've them. talked about them a fair amount. There's not much I to don't... say. Either. They're from Sunderland. 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 Uh, so let's listen to Band of Horses oh. and a little song huh. called Weed Party.
0: Interesting. Have we uh, heard this uh, We might have heard this song before. Have we heard and a little, this song before? A little...
1: The thing this, that Mary likes this, uh, to click her tongue while she's talking. <laughs>
0: so have we heard the song before, Dad?
1: Yes, we have, Mary.
0: Oh, interesting. Where did we hear that?
1: <laughs> I can't remember now. Where do you think we heard it from?
0: Uh, I think maybe I played it already. Oh, maybe you played it yeah, already. I think so. When
1: you stole this no, song out from stole, underneath me. Stole, stole, stole it. Stole, stole it, Mary. This
0: song does not belong to you. It do you know when I, I made this mixtape?
1: I made this mixtape in 2000 and something or other.
0: I also made this big statement in 2000 something, brother, and I'm pretty sure I made it in 2015.
1: 2015, I think so. Wow, okay, beat me. All right, so uh, let's listen to Weed Party, everyone. Let's okay. stop, Mary, boasting. <laughs> it's from 2006, from their album Everything All the Time. Weed Party, time for some jingle jangle. Jingle, so, j- jingle Jangles and Yeehaws. What's that, Mayor?
0: So wait, when you say Jingle Jangle, are you talking about the drug from the TV show Riverdale?
1: I am not. Is that what it's called? Jingle Jangle?
0: Yeah. Based on... Is it really? Based on... Could I guess, can I guess... Can I? by yes, the Archies. Guess, guess by yeah. A song by the Archies, yes. Jingle Jangle. Yeah.
1: That's an album, actually, by the Archies. Oh, yes. Which, kind of it's not the best song on that album, by the way.
0: No, the best song is obviously...
1: Everything's All Right.
0: Everything's All Right. Because I was going to yeah. say, because yeah. um, Sugar Sugar is on that album as well.
1: No, Sugar Sugar is on the album Sugar Sugar. Oh. Or maybe it's just called the Archies. Their first album, The Archies. Oh,
0: okay. This is
1: a later one. Okay. But yeah, the best song on that album is "Everything's All Right." Yeah, it's so "Everything's
0: All Right" is a very good song.
1: And I think that's on a mix. Everything's all right. Yeah. It's oh, on good. So I won't. I don't, even though we're talking about it now, I'm not gonna yeah, play it now play because. It, yeah. Yep, It'll fair. come. It'll and come I, along. I don't
0: think we need to play "Sugar, Sugar" by the Archies. because Everyone's heard it. I don't even
1: like that song that much. I kind of find it boring. Maybe it's just overexposed.
0: It's, yeah, it's probably that. I think I have it on my my exercise playlist.
1: Okay, that's a good one for like slow kind of slow motion yeah. for old ladies.
0: Oh yeah, and guys.
1: Oh Mary, I forgot to ask you something. Yes. Did you have to have an uh, interview yesterday?
0: I did. I talk about it. You don't want to talk about it? Ugh, ugh, because it's it's just like <sighs> <laughs> it's an MMI multi. It's a multi mini interview. They do them for like med schools. Okay. And then they also did them for this interview. Yeah. That I did, and which was for um, applying for a, a teacher education program. Yeah. And it's just like it's like a really sort of rigorous. Not really. It's like very sort of disconcerting. Oh, like it.
1: Is the person in a clown costume? Question? Asking questions? No.
0: It's just like it. It leaves you feeling very like off kilter. Oh, really? Um. So the way that it works is you are you are doing. You're answering four interview questions. Okay. They're not typical interview questions like, tell me an example of a time when you did this. Or like, if you were like faced with this situation, how would you respond? It's more like they give you like a prompt and then you have to talk about it. Mm. But the way that it works is you're like standing in a hallway yeah. in front of a, like a closed door. Kay. And on that door, there's a piece of paper. They ring a bell. You get to flip up the piece of paper. You have three minutes to read the question and, and think of some something to say. Yeah. You walk into a room. There's someone in this room. They're the, your interviewer. Yeah. You sit down. You talk to them for seven minutes. They're not allowed to, um, like, respond or answer any of your questions or even, um, like, emote. They can't even like m- like smile or like frown or give you any indication that you're. Um, what you're saying is, like, good or bad because they're trying to not, like, affect your answer. Huh. Um, and, but, like, for me, it's super, super weird to talk to someone for seven minutes without having <laughs> yeah. them, like, interact back with you at all, yeah, yeah. right? Like, that's not a, a normal monologue. human interaction. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and that's not how, like, most interviews go. So, for me, going into it was very much, like...
1: Did you know that that was I the didn't format? Know, I oh, okay. didn't know that
0: that was the format, but I didn't know how it would, like, affect me. Okay. And so it was, like, every, like, as, like, the questions went, like, on and on, I was, like, getting, like, more and more, like, anxious because I felt like I was, like, oh, my God, like, I bombed that like huh. i did so poorly and everyone I, like it just got like worse and worse huh. and the last one was good cuz that guy like totally broke the rules and was like chatting and like smiling and stuff <laughs> which was great cuz <laughs> i like left and i was like okay well like at least that one went well huh. but the other ones i was like i have no idea how well, i did well i'm
1: sure you did fine cuz you you are very well spoken and you're very
0: but i felt like i wasn't i felt like i know like because I was... you don't
1: have any cuz you're not getting feedback but yeah but you know i just know that your nature Your natural ability. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. To be like well-spoken, to have have good thoughts, to, you know, have well-collected. Yeah. You know. Mary, you've had podcast training. No. You work with me. It's true. You work with me. You work with someone who like is feature featureless? But has no reaction to what you're saying.
0: True. Someone who lets me speak for seven minutes.
1: Without yeah, without interrupting. without interrupting you at all. Yeah. I never interrupt people.
0: No, it's I've never been interrupted. Never,
1: by you in not my by whole me. Life. I've, have I have interrupted you, Mary. Nope. Never. I would never do that. Would, that's never yeah, happened. To no, me. ever. I would never. Do never that. been I would not even over. step on a line that you would say, because <laughs> that would be so mean.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's. I just found it very like unnatural yeah you know and so i left it and i was like feeling so bad and i was like oh my god like i was like i left i was thinking i was leaving like the third one and i was like almost crying oh wow so i was like oh my god like i'm doing and because the other thing is like it's it's pretty stressful of course because it's it's something like i've applied to and it they do intake once a year yeah right so it's like if i don't get in i have to wait a whole another year to apply which like you know if it happens it happens but you also want to sort of put your best foot forward and i felt like because i felt like this interview went so poorly i felt like yeah. i was not yeah and i felt like it was sort of like me like a feeling like i was not doing well yeah was like building up and making me like stumble over every like next question that i had yeah where i felt like i would like go from that one interaction and be like oh my god i did so poorly on that one instead so i go to the next one and i was like super anxious because i was like oh man like i really have to like, make sure that this one goes well because I did so poorly on the last one. So I have to, like, make up for it. Yeah. And then it was, like, that one went, it felt like it went really poorly, too. And then I went to the next one. and was like, oh.
1: It's amazing oh how God. much we require some sort of return of.
0: Yeah. Oh, totally. Of,
1: uh, you know, whatever, whether it's a smile or an agreement yeah. or, or a nod. Yeah, just, or even just,
0: like, someone saying something back yeah. to you, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I don't think that anyone has. I don't sure. know what a bird that is. So there's a weird. Oh, that's a robin. Nice. Okay. Oh, spring is coming spring is coming yeah i mean i saw a a dark-eyed junco out there earlier but those are like super common
1: they're they're junco birds
0: yeah they're everywhere yeah they're like one of those like common as dirt birds (laughs) um
1: i I don't even know what one looks like
0: you if i showed you a picture of it you'd be like oh yeah i've seen a million of those yeah yeah um so yeah i don't feel like it went well
1: oh well i i feel like your impressions of it aren't exactly accurate, so I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping that's the case. Yeah. And the other thing to remember is everyone else did the same thing.
0: I don't know because when we were when we were leaving, there was the people were like like oh like I think that went well. One we girl was like oh I didn't even get the chance to like finish what I was saying because I had so much to talk about. And I'm like oh, <laughs> like how do you like just talk at someone for seven minutes and yeah. not like give space for a response or okay like,
1: this is how they're weeding out sociopaths
0: oh so yeah, someone who can do it. that they're just yeah. they're
1: like this person's no good yeah <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> we don't want that person with kids yeah they have no feelings you
0: don't, you don't want someone who can just you don't want someone to just talk at a kid for seven minutes
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right oh i'm sorry to hear that went that way but yeah. i'm sure that i'm sure well, I mean, we'll find out soon yeah. enough. But uh, I'm sure that you did very, very well. did One month. One. M- oh, I have to wait a whole month.
0: I know.
1: Um, I'm sure you did fine, though. I know it's hard to know. Yeah. I understand, and I understand how you're feeling. I, you're you're my daughter. Mm-hmm. You're related to me. Yes. You have the exact same feelings yeah. I have. Yes. I would well, have the exact same exactly, feelings that you have. Yeah. We're very similar, though. Yes. Isn't? No, it's true. And, but I also know you. Mm-hmm. So I know that you know. I know how well spoken you are. Yeah. And even though you feel like you're stumbling to the person who's hearing you you might sound completely coherent right and all and together you know in your mind you know how your mind is flailing to come up with something mm-hmm. but outside you seem very placid and you're and you're well spoken you know like right. like it's just hard to know how you are coming across as someone yeah yeah and you know you and i we naturally judge ourselves harshly you know our our performances harshly mm-hmm. and so we're like the worst judge of what, of what we do, you know? Yeah. In fact, I got to the point when I was in, in high school of, and in college, of thinking to myself, if I thought I did well on a test, I probably failed it. Mm. You know? Yeah. It was probably, it just showed like some sort of complacency that I didn't take right. it seriously enough. Yeah. So, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. We'll find out in a month, but yeah. I'm confident. Okay. But I think I'm going to fist bump you now.
0: Okay. Fist bump. Nice. Just did so great. Um, I have a question. Sure. Have we played the song yet?
1: Yeah, we listened to the song. Okay. Because we came back, we're talking about the jingle jangle of it. Oh, and then okay. we talked about the art cheese a little right. bit. and Yes. Then I, okay. I remembered your uh,
3: yeah
1: your your interview. Anyway, we don't mm. need to talk about band of horses because Mary, you did a fantastic job talking about them just a little while ago. Oh, thank you. Despite the fact that I did not interrupt you for seven minutes, changed my facial expression once, yeah. and I insisted on cleaning my toenails through well, through your discussion.
0: Yes, that definitely made it difficult.
1: Sure. Yeah. Especially when I started using my mouth to clean my teeth <laughs> or clean my toes.
0: <laughs> I mean, I was very impressed. Yep. At the flexibility, flexibility. that you could do that. <laughs> He's like, man, I didn't know you were uh, a yogi.
1: <laughs> a yogi bear. Yes, well, I'm I, a big fan of that. picnic baskets. I know I've seen
0: you <laughs> steal many a picnic basket. So I also say, also call our dog. Hey, boo boo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, let's listen to the three o'clock. This is. Uh their song seeing is believing Mm -hmm. from their first album 16 tambourines which came out in 1983 so here's an 80s song which i know that mary will love the 1980s here we go everyone I don't know if you heard mm-hmm. before the song started playing mm-hmm. mary gave a kind of a well little little yes, thing I,
0: I did say that and that was sort of uh that was a warning it was kind of a
1: it's kind of a warning to dad well
0: that explains it <laughs> learning goes from 1983 that explains that indefinable quality that i could not put my finger on that i was very like about but i yeah i don't know i thought this song was I one big thing that I noticed was that I felt like it was kind of I thought it was I just thought it was too like light sounding like Mm. it felt sort of insubstantial.
1: Uh, That would be a pretty common criticism of this group actually. Okay, okay. I think as a band that they were like, you know, they're part of like the scene in LA that weirdly came out of like the punk scene in LA. Yeah. Which was a very like visceral, yes. Like that's kind of like where very heavy. That's where hardcore kind of started was yeah. in L.A., right? So you had these hardcore punk scenes, and then you get these bands that came out of there, mm-hmm. like the Three O'clock, that started right. off as the Salvation Army and then became the okay. Three O'clock because yeah. the for some reason the Salvation Army objected to them using their name. Oh, weird. Anyway, that's weird. weird, isn't it? I know. <laughs> uh, then they changed their name to McDonald's, and, and then for some reason they were allowed to. <laughs> uh, so. But yeah, and so th- this scene kind of sprung up in, in, in LA of kind of neo psychedelia. Okay. You know, yeah. like kind of drawing from the sixties for, 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 for your inspiration as a mm. group. And, and these guys were like from the kind of sunshine pop side of it more than, more than any other band. Like most of the other bands maybe, may had like maybe a birdsy sound, like the Long Riders, or kind of drew from like a kind of more grungy, dirtier kind of garage rock kind of sound with, with, with psychedelia kind of thrown into it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, those other groups green on red or uh other band what were they called now i can't remember they're called red on green yes right <laughs> this <is too> <laughs> i don't know why keep, keep people people kept mixing them up uh red on green they're the one they put their album called keep your stick on the ice mm, yes red on green yeah yeah that's, that's a joke for canadians and they also duct tape that's right yeah about uh, this group yeah i think that they embrace sunshine pop in a way without understanding one of the core parts of of sunshine pop hmm. which is that it's it's minor chords to major okay whereas this band is almost all major chords so you do get that kind of very very frothy lightness to right, it. right yes which i do like yeah i do like this group to be honest with you like hearing this again like with several years removed i mm-hmm. was this is like the song that i would like if i could i would take it off the right uh, off this mix yeah but i can't no
0: it's true it's there forever it's there
1: forever so whatever i just have to live with it yeah with my decisions mm-hmm. my bad decisions mm-hmm. but i don't hate the song i do like it still i just feel like maybe a little long mm, and
0: okay. it's kind of
1: repetitive as well
0: yeah yeah it was
1: so that would be my yes that would be my criticisms of the song but i still like it i mean i i can't you know i do like the three o'clock a lot I, I bought this album as a as an import record i paid 16 dollars for this album uh in 1983 or 84 mm. when i bought it so so, you know, I really I really put my paper money where, where my where my mouth was. Right. But
0: yeah, you know. this is the longest song we've had on this side so far.
1: Wow, really? Yeah,
0: it's four and a half minutes long.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a bit too long for a song like this to yeah. me. Like, if you're imitating... Well,
0: yeah. I mean, I mean, if you compare it to the free design, yeah. which is what I feel like they're kind of going for, like, exactly. The Leaf Has Veins is two and a half minutes long. Yeah. Right? Like, that seems like a much more reasonable length that's for what length you're doing for, yeah. with this kind of song, right? Like, you're not... You know, no offense meant, but they're not, like, uh, redesigning the wheel here. They're sort of, yeah, yeah. you know, just they, there's nothing going on here that requires it to be that length.
1: Exactly. You know? Yeah. There's no long solo. Yeah. Or some moment of cathartic. Yes. Uh, you know, like, what I think a solo should be or, or a part of a song that would explain why it was longer. is mm-hmm. some sort of new section to the song. Yeah. That kind of brings some sort of new element to it. Whether mm-hmm. it's, like, the long guitar solo at the yeah. end
0: of. It's like when you see Aquaman and you see the running time. And you're like, why is this movie two and a half hours long? Yeah. Like, they don't have anything new to contribute to our conversation about superhero movies. <laughs> yeah. You know?
1: And then you see it, and then what do you say?
0: I did not see it. It was oh. two and a half hours long. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> seeing a two and a half hour long Aquaman movie. W- Are you kidding me? I watched it. <laughs> what did you say?
1: I said, why is this movie two and a half hours yeah,
0: long? Yeah. That's... Yeah. Well, that's the reason I didn't see Shazam either.
1: Oh, Shazam is good.
0: Oh, I, I heard it was pretty good, but... Yeah, it has
1: it? some things, but...
0: Yeah. I mean, I had heard... I think um, a podcast they listened to recommended it, and they said that it was good, but the only criticism they had of it was that it was too long. Yeah. Um, And then they said that, I guess there's like a really long fight scene at the end. And they said that the person sitting next to them, like halfway through the fight scene said, wow, this is a long fight scene. (laughs) And then it went on for like as long as they'd already seen it going. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) Um, That's the last thing you should say during a fight sequence.
0: That this fight sequence is too long? Yeah.
1: I think the director of that movie, it was slightly... I don't want to say wrong, but he's not an action director. Okay. He's a horror director. He did Lights oh, Out. Oh, okay. Oh. The movie Lights Out. Yeah.
0: It's a good movie. So it's a it's okay. Oh, wait.
1: Which one do you think is Lights Out? I was out?
0: thinking Don't Breathe. Don't Breathe which is a good movie. Which one's Lights Out? Lights
1: Out, it's the silly one that's based on that YouTube video oh, with the light.
0: Never mind. That one's not good. No, it's not that's good the no. movie that we watched <laughs> it and literally the whole time we were watching it, yeah. we were trying to figure out if we'd seen it before. Yeah, yeah. We were like Oh yes, we've seen that before because the, it's the mom, and and then we're like, oh, oh, we I don't is this no maybe he was maybe we hadn't seen it and it was like we got to the end of the movie and I like looked it up and I was like I'm pretty sure we hadn't seen this movie before but yeah. it's so derivative yeah. of every other horror movie that it, I know. it was basically like we'd seen it before I know which is kind of the it same was,
1: it was great as the short the yeah the short on YouTube yeah. It's really effective
0: yeah but I don't know I mean I feel like it's rare that you can take a a short like that and turn it into a full-length horror movie it's really? hard to yeah
1: yeah it's yeah. hard to like it's like your gimmick yes it's basically a gimmick it is
0: it's hard to maintain that it's yeah it's that's the reason why so many horror TV shows don't end up working out being very scary because yeah. like how do you prolong the scariness when it's mm-hmm. like cause exactly you have to you have to give people something yeah but like without giving them too much you know which yeah. is why I think I mean Mike Flanagan is I think a great horror director most of the time, he did Hush and Oculus. Okay. And then he also did The Haunting of Hill House. Okay. Very good, but I feel like he's very good at pacing. It's a TV series. It's right? a TV series. It's a yeah. horror TV series, and I feel uh, like the pacing is yeah. very good. Um, but he also knows pacing mm. for horror
1: movies because yeah. I think
0: Hush is a fantastic movie. I think Oculus is also a very good movie. Oculus
1: is very good. What I like about Oculus is something that people seem to have trouble bringing to movies, uh, which I love is time time like t- loss time of, loss time loss yeah because in yeah. an, an annihilation for instance you see mm-hmm. annihilation yes i have it's not a movie podcast people but we're just gonna talk about this for a little bit sorry
0: this is our um our uh we're dad's gonna edit this out and add it as a note to uh <laughs> fansplaners 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 episode.
1: yeah <laughs> um but yeah annihilation there's like they, they go into the they go into the to the the glimmer af- the glimmer yeah, yeah the affected area and then then there's a cut and then they wake up and it's hours later and mm-hmm. they don't know what where the, what's happened to the yeah. time but i i i thought that was so great and i was and they never do it again and, and mm. i'm just like why Stop there. Like yeah. keep having that as an yeah, effect. Yeah,
0: totally. To, like this disorienting. It'd be so where it, disorienting. Like, yeah. cuts and you wake up and you're in a totally different area. Yeah, yeah. You've like lost things. Like the someone's gone. Different area. Someone's gone. Yeah. yeah. No, totally. But yeah, Oculus does that so well. Just mm-hmm. like the sort of reality distortion. Yeah, yeah. There's a scene in that that still always sticks with me in Oculus when um, Karen Gillan's character is yeah. walking through the house and she is because um, the She's going through and she has all these timers set up for times that she goes around and does things like yeah. replacing light bulbs. Yeah. And so there's a point where she's walking around the house and she's replacing the light bulbs and she's also eating an apple. And she takes a bite from the apple and hears this crunch and looks down and she's holding a light bulb and she's taking a bite out of the light bulb. Yeah. And she just has this look on her face that's like so horrific. Yeah. And she's pulling all of these like bloody pieces of glass out of her mouth. Yeah. And then it like cuts and she like looks down and she's holding the apple. And it was just like a a dream, but it's it's just like, oh, just like the idea of doing that. And just like the fact that what they're experiencing can, um, can sort of alter reality so much. And they don't,
1: they're not aware of it. Like they start to lose awareness. Yeah,
0: totally. It's like you don't know what's real. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's not real. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah, the fact that you can see and feel and like experience something totally different from what's actually happening just is so um scary right because like if you don't know what's real then how do you fight the thing you're fighting yeah which
1: yeah, yeah. it's weird the same with color of space which i did enjoy uh the new richard stanley film with nicholas cage but once again it has one time loss sequence in it okay and then it doesn't use that anymore and it's such yeah. an effective way to create a sense of disorientation mm-hmm. and unease is to have things happening yeah to the characters when they're not aware of it mm-hmm. you know, and like,
0: like when you as the viewer aren't, aren't aware of it, of it either, exactly right? yeah, yeah yeah i mean i wonder if people feel like it's too disorienting or... i don't know are they
1: or it's too hard to write
0: yeah maybe it's
1: just too complicated right because like, you have maybe... to like you have to, like, plan yeah, where it, things are happening and what's happening while they're, while yeah, they're it not might, it there. it might also
0: be sort of hard to... Maybe they feel like you, you have to do too much exposition if you do that. Mm. Where it becomes like you lose time and then you have to, like, figure out what happens after you lost time. Like, there's yeah. sort of a an impulse to want to figure out what happened yeah. before when that doesn't move the plot forward. Yeah, yeah. Right? So That's I mean, possible. Yeah, I don't, I don't might,
1: know. It, they might have it in there and they realize it's not working and have to cut it out. Yeah. You, you never yeah. know.
0: I mean, I haven't read the book annihilation is based on no i have not either but i've heard it's quite different from the movie Mm. um but i don't know if they have more of that in there and if if it's maybe i I don't know i'm not sure
1: yeah annihilation is what's interesting about the film annihilation is the word annihilation which we think of as destruction is is a word used in physics for the trans Sort of the transfiguration, that's okay. a religious term, but like the the change of, of of molecules from or atoms into from one thing into another. Right. So like how things like how the genetic structures are being rewritten. Yeah. And stuff so it's like not that. about
0: it's not about destruction. It's about change. It's about change, exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And that's but by the way, change can also feel destructive. Yeah. To people who don't want change. True. You know? Yep. I watch uh, YouTube videos of a lot of people who are very mad about uh, you know Star Wars movies and stuff mm, like that. Yeah. You know? And there are people who have trouble with annihilation.
4: Mm. <laughs> yep.
1: Okay. So now, everyone, we're on our final song. Okay. Um, once again, I didn't talk much about the, th- the Three O'Clock because we've done a song by them before and I've discussed them. So there's no point. Yeah. Rehashing things that we've all talked about. And I am pretty... Wait, my- we did
0: another song by The Three O'Clock? Yep. What song? Sing is Believing. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes.
1: You didn't like it? Your notes were? What? You have notes for that one?
0: Sing is Believing. Um, I thought... Wait. Uh no i talked about it okay yeah Yeah. okay Okay, we talked about it that's what i thought
1: okay Okay. all right because yeah you said this explains my my uh, feelings that it was
0: from from the 80s
1: (laughs) pretty sure i played it yeah yeah we played it okay because
0: we played it and then we talked about it yeah yeah yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay all right so let's let's have our final song so this was i thought this was a very good song to end this side with and uh this is lamb chop Mm -hmm. from 2000 from 2000 okay from their album nixon the song is called up with people
0: sorry the the album is called nixon yeah okay
1: is in the president yes and the song is called up with people so let's give it a listen everyone here we go
2: to you Well most certainly leave the doing the doing undone. done
4: Come on, Come on.
2: I screw it. We planted. Come on, Rajame. Come on,
3: Bar-gen-ae. Come on, Bar-gen-ae. Come on, Bar-gen-ae. Come on, Bar-gen-ae. Come on, Bar-gen-ae.
2: Come on,
1: did you think of of lamb chop
0: i liked this one. Oh, good i thought it had a really nice sound i yeah. thought it was pretty fun or a little fun you
1: know <laughs> yeah.
0: It was. I, I mean i don't know if the song is trying to be like fun yeah but i enjoyed listening to it
1: yeah it's uh it's kind of a weird song because it's very it is very uplifting sounding hmm. but then he's also singing we're screwing up our lives yeah, today exactly so it's, yes. it's very <laughs> yeah it's
0: kind of like mixed messages <laughs> yeah
1: but it's like celebrating that is w- well in a way mm-hmm. like up with people we screw up our lives but yeah. that's part of life i mean i guess so. it's
0: similar to wear them out yeah yeah which we played already which sure. is about how you know we have these bodies and all that we're doing is just wearing them out like yeah we're just using them until they break down yeah. that's a good thing and it should be celebrated because right. otherwise you're not living your life
1: exactly yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and screwing up your life is part of living your life sometimes yeah. you know like you can't know what your decisions are going to bring upon you oh yeah and they might seem like a brilliant decision mm-hmm. when you're 20 yeah you know but later on mm-hmm. maybe that wasn't such a great idea yeah but what the heck
0: what the heck that's I that's mean, living yeah you're not you're not gonna live your life if you're in a bubble yeah right?
1: yeah yeah i love the i love the guitar part to the song i love the mm-hmm. that little repeating guitar figure that just goes through the whole song and i, al- I also love like the the background singers that bring that real gospel element to the song which is okay. is not a gospel song but you know it's. Obviously, very secular in its meaning, but at the same yeah. time, you get, it has a certain spiritual element to it that right. that, that highlights yeah. very well. Yeah. And I've got to say up front that I'm not a Lamb Chop fan. Mm. I don't actually like this band very much mm-hmm. because the lead singer songwriter of the group Kurt Wa- Kurt Wagner, who basically is Lamb Chop. Right. He's basically the band, and then there's like a a floating yes. group that kind of come in and out and yeah. make up the you know the playing. We've, we've playing played group. bands like this before. Yeah. And. Um. Yeah, he is not really a singer. He's more of a talker. Hmm. You know, like most so
0: most of his songs are just kind of talking. They're more like you. they're more
1: kind of talking singing. Right. as is the uh, the Germans would Germans say. like to say. Yes. And so that is uh, that is kind of off putting to me. I'm not a big fan. I don't mind like people monologuing in a song, but just yeah. talking through a whole song. Yeah. This doesn't really do it for me. Right. So um, yeah, they're based in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Which. Is a great place to find great musicians, and yeah. I do think that Lamb Shop has great musicians playing in it. Mm-hmm. And I, when I say I'm not a big fan of the band, there are other songs by them I like. There's a song called "National Talk Like a Pirate Day." Oh, okay. is the name of the song, and it's a really good song. And because sometimes, well, he will actually sort of sing a song, and sometimes, most of the time, he won't. It's just, I guess, it's just luck of the draw. And I have to admit that I've never really pursued interest in this band. I heard the song on a compilation, and I liked it a lot, so I, I put it on to this. Um, Onto this mixtape because it's right. always been my in my mind as like a song I'd like to have on a mixtape. Yeah. Mix tape.
0: yeah. No, I think it. I think it fits well here, and I think it's a good side ender.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I, mean, I know. I know that you generally like your side enders to be a bit longer too, yes, and this yeah. is a bit longer. Yeah. Of a song.
1: Yeah, and justifiably longer. It it kind of yeah. it builds. I think it, yeah, it starts it works, small and it builds not, up to a to a big finale. Yeah, its, it's
0: length isn't. Um, it doesn't feel repetitive. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't feel yeah. like oh you're just doing the same thing now. Yeah, too, yeah. Huh? Just trying
1: to fill out an album, are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you want it to be a certain length, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Which is so meaningless, you know, like, I mean, We just to go back a little bit to the, the um, three o'clock. Yeah, that, you know, a song to be four and a half minutes long is so, so meaningless just by itself. Because all you're doing is just repeating the song, mm-hmm. you know, like eventually, you know, it's not a story song. Yeah. It's not a.
0: Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing in the lyrics. Yeah. That is making it so that you're like, oh, yes, I would like to hear the next verse. Yeah, what's the next, so next verse? I'd like to know how this ends. That's right. What's right? going right. to
1: happen to this bank robber and this thing that's happening or yeah, whatever, you know. Like, yeah. Nothing like that in the song. It's just no. like a love song. And it's got like this little repeating synthesizer part in it, yeah. and yeah, I do regret it. I do oh, regret well, putting it on, but it, oh well. You know, that's life.
0: Some, just like we were saying, sometimes you make mistakes. You make mistakes. Sometimes you make a decision yeah. in 2016 when you're making a mixtape, and
1: that's right. And four then we, years
0: later, you're like, the I problem is, have done that, the problem is, Mary. Yes,
1: I'm not just screwing up my life. Uh-huh. I'm screwing up our listeners' lives. I'm screwing up our lives today. I really am living out this song now.
0: But I mean, yeah, realistically, any d- hmm. most decisions that you make um Don't just affect you; they affect that's other people true. as well. So that's true. You know, you but, don't have to feel worse about this than any other bad decision you ever made.
1: That's true. My decision to kick my leg out.
0: Ow! Oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a bad decision that affected me too, because you kicked me in the leg. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean
3: to kick you.
0: <laughs> that wasn't the point you were trying to make.
1: <laughs> I was going to kick under your legs.
0: Okay. I
1: thought I didn't realize you had your leg back, like that, your foot back like that. I'm sorry, dear. Well, gosh. I
0: mean, I, I'm not going to have it up. I'm going to have it down on the ground, like a leg. <laughs> I guess so.
1: Not like that. I thought you had them more, more out in front of you. Oh, not underneath the chair. No, I did that one. Point, so I was going to but... kick under the chair and the sort of kick underneath the chair. Oh, okay. But, yeah. But instead, I clunked you on the leg. <laughs> sorry pretty Never rude but uh <laughs>
0: it worked for the the point that we were trying to make so <laughs> i
1: guess it's worth it i suppose that's right thanks for <laughs> taking one for the team there <laughs> team moral lesson <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just was gonna say one other thing about lamb chop which mm-hmm. is that lamb chop wasn't their first name as a group okay what was They originally called poster child i like that one better yeah 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 but what happened was they mm-hmm. put out a seven inch single okay and then they got contacted by the lawyer of another band called Poster. called Poster Children.
0: Oh. And
1: it was considered to be too close. That's fair. And so then they had a couple of, like, non-starter names. Mm. And then I guess uh, Wagner was working with some other musician friends on a construction site, and one of them liked to kind of yell at random things, and he was reading in the newspaper, and he suddenly went, Lamb Chop!
4: Mm.
1: And Kurt Wagner said, oh, that's a good name for a band. Because mm. not only is it a good name, but it's a name that no other band will have. True. And I never have to worry... It's pretty weird. ...about some other band having this name. Yeah. And so... He told his wife the name that he had.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And whenever she said Lamb Chop, she would smile. <laughs> he thought, that's a good name. Yeah. My wife will smile at that name.
0: That's nice. That's a nice story.
1: And someone asked him, well, he said, like, is, does it refer to, like, like a cut of meat? Or to the Sherry Lewis puppet? Yeah. He I said, was thinking the puppet, but... Yeah. But he said, no, it's just the word Lamb Chop.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So,
1: there you go. So, I like that. Because he, he was going to... He considered renaming the band Ren. Wren. Okay. Because that was the difference between poster child and poster children.
0: Oh, it was Ren. Yeah.
1: But, but then you realize oh, it's kind of close to R.E.M. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to get in trouble there. So I yeah. out that idea.
0: Also, it sounds like um, the the song by Air, Run. Run, when that's right. When they say, right. Ren, 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 Ren. ren, ren, ren. ren. <laughs> They're French accents. Yeah. When they say, run. Ren. they say, Ren. <laughs> yeah.
1: Their accent. accents. So Mary, that's side one. So overall, what do you think? I know that you only liked one song, but overall... That is
0: not true. I liked most of the songs. You only liked
1: Lamb Chop's song at the end of it. That's the only song I remember you liking.
0: Duncan, or Dad. Yes.
1: (laughs) Went through before her name, Yeah,
0: yeah. Yes, dear. I liked most of those songs. Oh, good. I liked most of them.
1: So overall, you give it a...
0: I feel like you are your memory... Yeah. Is not good.
1: <laughs> it's very selective.
0: forgetting the things that I
1: liked. <laughs> it's very selective. So you give it a thumbs up? Yes. Or a thumb sideways? No, a thumb up. Okay, good.
0: Maybe like three
1: o'clock. Oh. <laughs> mare. <laughs> Took it away from me. The mayor giveth, the mare taketh away. Yes. All right, dear. Yep. If people mm-hmm. who are listening to this show mm-hmm. would like to get in contact with us, would like to kindly leave a little message for yes. us or write us yes. an email. Yep. And we appreciate those sort of things. Uh-huh. In fact, we did get an email. I'd like to read a little bit of it, but I'll let you tell people
0: oh, sure. how so, to get in contact if with if you us. would like to uh, read us... No, not read us. If you would like
1: to read us a story.
0: <laughs> read us a story. Yeah, just you know, send us an audio file. Uh no, if you'd like to write us an email that maybe possibly we'll read on the show, because I guess we do that sometimes. Um sneaky D at sneakydragon.com. You can also check us out at sneakydragon.com and we've got um a page for each uh episode and you can comment on there and contribute to the conversation we usually have a few people comment each week or each uh, each episode and that's always very fun for me to read you can contact us via our facebook page sneaky dragon or on twitter at sneaky underscore dragon or follow dad at, at dave dedrick
1: sure and if you'd like to uh contact us via snail mail mm-hmm. if you'd like to send us a letter with your heartfelt feelings mm-hmm. um written in in at, and i want it written in quill Yes, of course. Quill, this the perfect copper plate handwriting. Right, or send us quill, a telegram. Or send us a telegram. You can send that to... Uh, an, uh, you could go to our Contact Us page on, on the D- com. Yeah, SneakyDragger website, and you'll find our uh, postal address there. Yes. So, I do like to read the emails because, Mary... Yes. Our comments, people can go to and read on, on the website. Oh, but our yes. emails are just for us. But right. I feel like often the comments are ones that listeners would like to hear, too. Sure, so, yep. So, um... So this is from Bob Olson, and Bob said, Good day, Mary and Dave.
0: Good day, Bob.
1: says, Just finished episode 33. says, Yeah, I'm a little behind, but I'll get to that later. These past two shows, programmed by Mary, yes. have had a spectacular mix of tunes. Nice. From the familiar to the more obscure, at least to me. Every song was a winner. Your inclusion of Set You Free This Time, revived My Interest in the Birds, got me to put a couple of CDs in my car and just enjoy how great they were. That's very good. Yes. I could see how the entire mix was a great soundtrack for music to work by. Some slow, some upbeat, but throughout it flowed. There was good musicianship, melody, and vocals. You may not have the encyclopedic knowledge your dad has, but you definitely have an ear for good music.
0: Sweet. Thanks. Thank, Thank you, I Bob. I definitely do not have an encyclopedic knowledge of music.
1: No, but you're not as, as a- antique as me, and so you haven't True. had the opportunity to read as much as I have. Yes, I do have a pretty
0: encyclopedic music. knowledge of Sophia Stevens. There you go. That's so, a start. That's a start.
1: Yeah. Once upon a time, I just had an encyclopedic knowledge of... The Beatles. No, not the Beatles. Oh. Of uh, Elvis Costello.
0: Oh, yeah. All oh, right. Well, that's
4: going to I next. read
1: one book about him. Yes. That was my encyclopedia. And also took a book of lyrics out of the library. Oh, okay. So I had a book of lyrics and I I retyped all the lyrics onto a piece of the paper as a typewriter. Love that. And then I, I bought a book about him. Nice. By a hack writer. It wasn't the greatest... Mm. Greatest biography I've ever written. I didn't realize he was a hack, but... You've ever read. What's
0: that? You've ever... It wasn't the greatest biography you've ever read. No,
1: it wasn't the greatest biography I've ever read, but, you know, it was about Elvis Costello and that who, that's who I was interested in at yeah. that time. So, yeah. So, there there we go, everyone. Um, I thank you for your attention. I think, Mary, do you thank them for their attention?
0: Mm, no.
1: Wow. Just kidding. Of course I do. <laughs> and we're so glad that you join us every couple of weeks at a sit-down in the uh, Sneaky Dragon listening party Su- Su- studio Stu Su- Su- studio also known as the sneaky dragon rumpus room yes i'm so glad because it's obviously we're not together it's a virtual rumpus room that we sit right. in together
0: it's like a chat room
1: it's not on a the cha- internet it's not a chat room Mary. it's chat like rooms. a chat it's, rumpus room it's a virtual rumpus room where we sit together and we can listen to music mm-hmm and enjoy music together and talk about the groups and I hope you enjoy listening to Mary and I talk about the groups and and sometimes throw in our own personal or personal life stories and Mm -hmm. make uh, some dumb jokes and things like that and I feel like whenever you write to us that it's like you are joining into the conversation that Mary and I are having yeah definitely so I love that's what I love about when people write to us and of course I was giving Mary the gears today about songs her not liking some of the songs oh
0: yeah but that's just a joke but
1: I'm just joking I don't it doesn't actually hurt my feelings that people don't like the songs that, that I like I mean I think if I did one and someone wrote and they didn't like any of the songs that I liked maybe that one you can keep to yourselves like right. let's hear a few songs that you like let's not <laughs> let's not just make a complete you know murder party but um, but yeah like that's that's the really enjoyment to me is the the fact that there's the back and forth and stuff like that so I really do appreciate when people write us emails or people write us okay write us some um, so
0: what you're saying is com- um, write
1: comments on the website or when they send us a cake and it had a file in it. So yeah. I don't know what that was about. We're not actually locked in the Rumpus room everyone. We do get to leave here when it, when we're done.
0: That's not true.
1: We, Please. I do not keep Mary send us, send us I do not keep Mary house. locked in here for weeks at a time <laughs> while I try to do the, the notes for each each show. Yeah. So, Mary, I'm sure you'll He's agree like with make that.
0: more notes about make say tell same uh, what you like about the song. Yeah. I'll be like, "I don't know, it sounded good. I don't know." <laughs>
1: yeah, I want more Mary, more. You can't leave this room. I mean, I don't I never say that to her though, of course. Of course. Right, Mary? But No. Right, Mary?
0: Uh, but what I was going to say, Dad, <laughs> yes, is dear. so what you were saying is that you don't like Murder Party, the film.
1: I don't know the f- film Murder I Party. I have a
0: question. Do you like uh, Green Room by the same director?
1: I do like Green by Room. Jeremy Solnier. I do like Green Room. Have and you I seen Blue Ruin, also, like, also by the same director? I also director? like Blue Ruin, yes, mm, I do. Okay.
0: Well, Murder Party, if you like those ones, you should watch Murder Party. I'm not
1: going to watch it because it doesn't have a color in the title. I don't see the point of it. Mm, that's fair. So if you're going to call three movies in a row with colors in them and then go off the... Just two. No, he has another one with color in the camera. Does it? Now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I thought Pretty sure. recent one. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's his two. But it felt like it was going. he was going for something, a trilogy. Yes. Then, and he, he jumped murder off. Murder party's
0: is his first one. It's very, um super low budget, but it's funny.
1: Okay. I'll have to watch it. Yeah, it's a Netflix. But I meant I don't want to be involved in a murder party.
0: Oh, that's fair.
1: I don't mind watching a murder party.
0: So you're saying that if you found a flyer on the street that said, come to a murder party, you wouldn't go to it. I would not go to it. As a car, in a cardboard, <laughs> a uh, poorly made uh, cardboard robot costume.
1: I would come that, that way? You would not. Well, if it was a poorly made robot costume, I'd be sorely tempted to show no, it No, but you, you have to
0: make the poorly made robot yeah, costume because yeah. it's Halloween. Oh, okay. It's a murder party in Halloween. You find a flyer on the street. Yeah. You say, well, I'm, I guess I'm I'll make I'm enjoying the a...
1: scenario that you've suddenly developed. Yeah,
0: this, this is the premise not, of the movie Murder I guess we're not ending the show
1: party. yet, everyone. Okay, so we have a murder party.
0: That's the premise of the show, of the movie Murder Party. Okay. I'm just saying that you wouldn't do that.
1: Well, if there's a, a robot costume that I'm making...
0: I mean, you could make... And I
1: could go as the Dad 3000. Okay. The DAD 3000, David Andrew right. Dedrick 3000. Yes. You know what? I might... I'd be pretty tempted to go. Hmm. Even though... It, did it say it's a murder party?
0: Yeah, it says on the flyer. It says, come to a murder party.
1: Wow. That is not that is either false advertising or incredibly candid
0: yes i think the second one.
1: Oh, well you know i'm might i'm you know what
0: no spoilers but screwing
1: up our lives today yeah sometimes you make decisions you regret like but at going same time, to a murder
0: party after finding a flyer on the street yeah you would do that
1: well but to get to dress as a, in a robot costume yeah
0: but that's not it doesn't say dress in a robot costume he chooses to wear a robot costume smart is it yeah it's cardboard
1: well you know it's better than nothing
0: all right i guess that's true
1: I think it might go as a turtle.
0: You can wear that. <laughs> well, you you could just wear that and hand out candy. I guess. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we'll end the show now. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: what a place to we got a end. lot
0: of movie recommendations this episode. We did.
1: We're we're like an all service.
0: Yes, it's true. Because you know the
1: problem with fansplainers? Mm. Ian doesn't like horror movies, so I can't really talk about them yeah. with Ian. He does not like the horror. Well. So it's kind of limiting there. Yes. So a movie has a horror or too much violence. He's like, eh.
0: Yeah. So we've Whereas given I'm like, you all in. <laughs> yes. So we've given you song recommendations. Yep. Movie recommendations yep. and an anti restaurant recommendation for Harvester in England. Uh, that's
1: right. British people, please pay your respects to us for our good good uh, good taste. Yes. Although saying that we did eat in the eat um in those restaurants in those hotels that we stayed in, those oh, yeah. those low cost hotels. Yeah. We were like we went there based on the fact that they had a, a had breakfast. A breakfast. It was a pretty morning. good breakfast though. It's pretty good like breakfast for a
0: continental breakfast included in a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like most continental bre- breakfasts are like cereal and a single banana <laughs> to be fought over <laughs> between all the patrons.
1: Yes. No, it was good. It. What do they have like eggs?
0: Yeah, they a- you get you eggs, beans, tomatoes, sausages, bacon.
1: I ate it all. I love beans. Yeah. I love I love tomatoes, cooked tomatoes. It was good. Well, anyway, so yeah. Probably so potatoes too. And the potatoes were good too, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was good. It was It was good. It was cheap. Yeah. It got us around England. Mm -hmm. Anyway, you know what?
6: Solo is really out of sight man